Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Why has Triple H been so successful? Why is Triple H running WWE better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard on Monday and Friday night? Long-term booking. guys thank you so very much for joining me right here on off the script this is your aew dynamite post show for september 27 2023 i am your host jd from new york the master of psychology joined by my very good friend and co-host on wednesday nights the master of my tacos suckology shy town smart jesse what's going on brother the master of the open challenge bruh Oh, my God, man. Wow, the open bruh. challenge, man. Why, you're so creative, bro. Bro, I, I had this idea. I'm going to put jobbers, local enhancement talent, in the ring with the world champion. That way, the jobber is a known guy, right? Wow, man, that is, uh, that is quite, man, I don't know how you're not on the AEW creative team, man. I'm not, I'm not that good, bro. Sorry. Oh, oh my goodness, man. Psychology, man. Let's keep that to the pro wrestlers. I, I think I we should. Be, uh, kid, be kid, please. I know. Jesus we Christ. Man. Anything that's said on this fucking show, man, Jesus Christ, will be fucking nailed at the, at the cross. Oh my God. For what we say here. Jesus Christ. Oh, I my God. I love, Dax! I love this we love business. you, bro. We love we got no problems, man. No problems. Come on now. I, I love this business. I love this sport. But my God, you people are fucking sensitive. What did you say, man? You said it perfectly, man. You're 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 a, a master of uh saying, you know, the right thing at the right time, man. When there's something great and we say something positive, man, where where is everybody, man? Where I, don't, is everybody? I, don't, I don't get it. We we're here every week. We're here every Wednesday night. Putting over the stuff that went well, putting over the shit that we loved, putting over all the entertaining shit week after week after week. Do we expect acknowledgement from it? No. No, we're here doing what we do. If you hear it and you like what we say, fantastic. But by God, let us say something they don't like. Motherfuckers. Oh my God, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta tweet this guy, man. I, I oh. heard from Bret Hart. <laughs> Listen, man, whatever Jesus Christ, uh, it, it man. is, it is, it's water under the bridge, man. But, you know, I, I got to poke fun at it because it's ridiculous. And, uh, 
Yeah, it's what we do, man. We're here to entertain. You know, it is what it is. I'm sure we'll talk about uh, the uh, psychology of Dynamite tonight, which I thought was a decent show. I mean, it wasn't uh, by AEW standards for Wednesday night. It wasn't uh, the greatest Dynamite of all time, but we got some damn good in-ring action. We got an injury that is now making the rounds, bro, as a, uh, as a serious, serious potential storyline pivot with MJF and Adam Cole, whether that is he's going to be out or is he completely working everybody. And then we got the cliffhanger at the end of Dynamite tonight where apparently MJF's devil mask came into play and we had four masked men attack Jay White. And everybody's thinking right now uh, of who is under the mask and it's certainly not MJF. I'll tell you that right now. So I guess we'll start with that. I you already know what? I got confirmation in my DMs. What? I know who's under the mask. You got confirmation in your DMs. Yeah. So Who I the fuck do you her. think you are, man? Look, man, I'm telling you right now. Let's just, let's just get it out of the way on Front Street. Here are the ones that are under the mask. Rick Boogs. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. Follow me. <laughs> Elias. Hold on. I know he's better. Rick Moss, Sheldon Benjamin, all led by Dolph Ziggler. Man, oh, man, I tell you, man, I don't know how you're not on the creative team, man. Jesus Christ. Tony Khan's already got creative for everybody that released, man. They're not going to be there for another uh, three months. But but, but Tony Khan's got creative. They're on TV already, man. I have the name of the group. Revenge. Oh. Oh, there you go. Man, I tell you, man, you, you should take Will Washington's job. Hey, man. Uh, yeah. hey, look, man. You could be hey. writing for Dax and, and Cash, man. I, I mean, talk no, about I, psychology, I, I, man. There's, there's some open challenges. They'll be happy. Oh, what about a tournament? Ooh, that's another good one. Uh, you know, we, we haven't had a battle royal in, what, three weeks? I mean, we're, we're about uh, due for one, I think, right? Well, we're gonna get blocked for sure. I mean, give me a break, man. It's all it's all fun and games. If they if they could fucking throw it back on social media, man, why can't we throw it back when we're on our platform? You know. My God. Uh, anyway, and let's then, start. All those fucking airhead trolls in their in their mentions. Oh, you are the king. You know what you're doing. Those guys are just stupid. You know what you're doing. Very, 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 very JD, man. He's a fucking clown. Fuck <laughs> uh. fuck out of here, man. Uh, anyway, in all seriousness, in all seriousness, uh, let's talk about the cliffhanger ending. Um, obviously, obviously they want us to think that it is not MJF and they want us to think that it's Adam Cole, Roderick Strong, Matt Taven, and Mike Bennett. They want us to think that clearly it's, it's four, it's four masked men. And, uh, you know, all of these guys, they're conspiring against MJF after what we saw earlier in the show. And it is going to be Adam Cole turning on MJF. That that that's the uh, the going feeling here. Now let me let me backtrack, Jesse. Apparently we got a, a nice vignette. I thought this vignette was great with MJF on his dad's boat in Long Island or on Long Island. It's not in Long Island. It's on Long Island. And Adam Cole was limping around with the cast and the crutches. They were uh, fishing and they were drinking beers. And apparently MJF. Wanted to wallow up, uh, wallop him one with the uh, dynamite diamond ring That's while he true. was he was going to get him a beer. What are you talking about? Not true. He wasn't going to hit him with the ring. Yes, he was. No, he was just putting it on to 
Uh, he wanted to show. He wanted to show it off uh, to yeah. the, uh, you know, to uh, Ariel and, the, and her fucking friends, the Little Mermaid, right? How, how dare you? Sorry, Max. They're brochachos. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I don't trust you, Max. I'm sorry. They're brochachos. Anyway, that's what it seemed like, and then uh, apparently, you know, they all kind of came to an understanding, or they came to an understanding, and then they went fishing, and Adam Cole had caught a big one. And apparently it was the big show that he caught, and they reeled the big show in, and then they ended up drinking beers together, all three of them on the boat. Then we get a promo by Adam Cole telling us that he needs surgery and that he's uh, destroyed his ankle in three different places, and he's going to be out. Now, I don't know the time frame for an injury like that, but I'm assuming he'll be out for the rest of the year. So then we get Adam Cole leaving. MJF is confronted by Jay White. They have a long promo. Seemingly setting up a match at a future date in a pay-per-view. And then at the end of the show, after all of that went down with Adam, with uh, uh, Jay White and MJF, we got Jay White attacked by these four masked men. Now, from your perspective, Jesse, where do you see this going? Because I honestly feel I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to buy one on eBay, I think. I'm going to get a tinfoil hat. I'm going to buy a tinfoil hat. I'm going to put my tinfoil hat on here. Uh, I honestly think that there is a real, real potential that Adam Cole is working us all. Uh, He may be injured, but it may not be as serious as... It may not be as serious as he made it sound tonight, or he's not injured at all. He's not injured at all. What are you talking about? What are you doing? What are you doing? Britt Baker just posted pictures of Adam Cole's injury. The dude is injured. Change course. Okay. Never mind. That ain't it. Sorry. That, Sorry, that Brett. Hi, 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 Brett. Broken, bruh. Is it really? Let me say. Never mind, man. I was going to go somewhere with it. Apparently, it's not. I'll put my tinfoil hat back Ooh, over here. Take that off. Take that off. No, okay. No, 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 no. Okay. Never mind. Let me let me go to Britt Baker's page just in case uh, Jesse's trolling me over here. Oh, by the way, the Braves uh, have clinched home field advantage in the NL playoffs. Thank you. Uh, really. Pre- All right, Ronald Acuna is a 40 70 player, man. This year. That's fucking great. Uh, let me see. We got Britt Baker. Are you're you on social media. That they won't win. Yeah, they won't win. Yeah. Uh, this guy broke his ankle in three places on a freak accident. He still hobbled around on live TV because, as we like to say, the show must go on. Adam, uh, Adam Cole gives his entire heart and soul to pro wrestling. He's one tough cookie, and this is just a small bump in the road. He'll be back better than ever, baby. Uh, yeah, that doesn't look uh, that doesn't look good at all. No. And, uh, yeah, apparently uh, that's it. You know, it is broken. There you go. Never mind. I was going to go somewhere with that, and maybe he's working us all, and he's going to turn on MJF due to this, but apparently uh, that is not going to be the case. So uh, let's change course here and uh, go to where I was going to go after that uh, conspiracy theory prediction. Uh, That was not MJF under the mask, Jesse. That was not MJF under the mask. I don't know who that is under the mask. Clearly, it is uh, someone that has a problem with Jay White or just has a, uh, I don't know, an anger problem towards MJF, I guess. Who could this be? And it was a uh, great cliffhanger where everybody's now talking about what the potential of this storyline is going to be now that Adam Cole's out. Yeah, you know, they. it, it is... It's, it seems like TK always has an ace up his sleeve. Yeah. And... Giving us five masked men tells me that we're about to get, at the very least, it does not have to be a debut or return, 
But at the very least, I'm expecting a huge storyline momentum shift. Okay. Yeah. I'm looking for a big turn. I'm looking for something to be like, oh, you know, if 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 it's turns out just to be the kingdom and Roddy, you know, I'm gonna be pissed off because that was yeah. lame. Yeah. So I'm expect. I'm not expecting a big new uh new signee. I'm not expecting anything major, but I am expecting a big shift in storyline. So, um, you know, if you if you give me a Roddy under there, you know, that'd be fantastic. You give me a uh, returning Kyle O'Reilly, that would be fantastic. Yep. Um, if you have a new free agent that we are unaware of, yep. that would also be fantastic. But I'm not expecting it. But I am expecting a big change in the MJF storyline and let's not forget mjf is involved in a lot of shit right now yeah so i mean it might not be from this story like he got his foot in a couple of different things so i do like how this could turn out you know who knows yeah, it could be kyle o'reilly i know kyle o'reilly we haven't heard anything about his uh comeback trail to aew i know he's been out for uh a little over a year now or just about a year uh, it could be Kyle O'Reilly getting back with Roddy and joining the kingdom. That could be one for sure, like Jesse said. Uh, a return, you know, I know a lot of people are going to point their finger at Adam Copeland coming in, uh, and, and Jesse and I discussed this before we actually went live. You know, who's under the mask tonight may necessarily not be the guy that they reveal who's under the mask. I mean, it could be a completely different guy. Uh, right. That that has been done before in, in uh, multiple storylines across the uh the whole uh, pro wrestling landscape. So it doesn't necessarily need to be the guy that's going to be under the mask tonight. They could that's, p- portray that's him somewhere else. Now, now, if we have somebody, now it's, I'm just saying, if if we have somebody coming in that's coming um, from the E, yeah, right now, and they plan on stretching this storyline out for quite a few weeks, then we might have some kind of super surprise. You know, maybe it could be an edge at that point, but as of right now, it, it can't be an edge. No, it can't be an edge uh, because, I mean, they could absolutely, l- listen, I, I firmly believe that Adam Copeland signed, sealed, and delivered. I, th- I, I don't think he's, his name is on the dotted line, but I, I mean that in, in a the- theoretic sense. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I think he's coming on in. I think he's made a decision. He's going to end up there. He's just waiting for his contract to end. I don't think it's Adam Copeland. Okay. I, I, I uh, it doesn't really make sense for him the... to get involved with MJF right away. I mean, I, I, oh, everybody's oh, well. pointing to, to Christian Cage. I mean, he's going to come in. He's going to work with his best friend. That, that, that's oh, well, the, where really that's going to be. No, I don't. I don't think it has anything to do with Edge. No, it's not this. Not this. Uh, not this segment. But um, with the success of Christian Cage, and I'll even go as far as to say as the um unpredicted success of Christian Cage. Yeah. I mean, he has to be tripping over his feet to get to to get to Edge, man. That that you you need him with how hot Christian is right yeah. now. Yeah. Bringing in Edge, Jesus Christ, that's a main event fucking feud. Yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's a main event feud, and it's a main event duo if they want to pair them together. And, and, you know, according to Adam Colton, his contract's up at the end of September, which will be September 30th. That's this week. Wrestle Dream yeah. is happening on Sunday. We could realistically see him uh, get involved with Christian to retain the TNT title against Darby Allen, uh, which uh, we'll talk about a little bit later, uh, being that it's in Seattle and Darby's from Seattle. You know how Tony Khan likes to book moments, but... Uh, we'll, we'll get there when we get to that segment. It's not Adam Copeland. You know, Kyle O'Reilly's a possibility. Like, like Jesse made fun of, and, uh, you know, I know a lot of people are probably looking at Tony Khan bringing in one or several of the WWE releases. It's not any of those guys because their 90 days is not up until the end of December. So why would you yeah. book television time for them right now? It's not Ali. It's not Ziggler. It's not Boogs. It's not Elias. It's not Shelton Benjamin. It's none of those guys. Uh, some people in the chat said it's David Finley. 
from New Japan. I could see that potentially, but I mean, who the fuck's David Finley to this audience? I mean, that would be kind of lame and a disappointing. That would be lame. Yeah. You know, I honestly think if you guys have been watching Collision, you see Andrade feuding with the Bullet Club, it could realistically be Andrade and his faction and his family, you know, Roosh and Preston Vance and Andrade himself getting involved with this storyline to help uh, get rid of Jay White and the Bullet Club because they're feuding on Collision. That could be something as well. But again, you know, those those guys are fucking awesome, but I, I think it would be kind of... Uh, a disappointment if they are revealed in this big cliffhanger that's got everybody talking right now and, and inter- interjecting them into the MJF and Adam Cole storyline. So right now it could be several different people. Nobody yeah. knows, but uh, it certainly got our attention. It is, and and I love I love stuff like this, man. Yeah. Um, I love cliffhangers like this. I I love sitting here speculating on who I think it is, who it could be, who it's not. I love. When next Wednesday, you know, rolls around and, you know, I'm planning my day. What am I going to do? Like, oh, all right, I got dynamite tonight. Ooh, that reveal from last week. Hopefully, let's see what's going on with that, you yeah, know? Yeah. So th- that that's always fun. It's better than, oh, wrestling tonight. Okay, what's going on now? Yeah. You know, it, this is fun. I like this. Yeah, this is uh, this is exactly the type of stuff that AEW uh, needs. And especially going into a major pay-per-view on Sunday, it's uh, generated... A nice amount of buzz coming out of the show tonight. So uh, they did uh, very good in, in regard to that aspect. And uh, I have no problems with MJF and a, and a Jay White feud at some point later on down the road, potentially main eventing full gear in Los Angeles. Uh, no matter what the situation is, uh, get ready for a classic there because Jay White's incredible and we all know how fucking great MJF is. So uh, that's right. going to be a bang. Here's, here's what we know. We know whoever this is coming in, it's not punk. Stop mentioning punk oh, in the chat. Has to be punk. Why? Why are you? Why are you people so fucking thick-headed? I don't get it. Just. I mean, this is why I muted half of my replies on Twitter tonight, man. I mean, you people are just fucking out there, man. Seriously. You know. It, so, um, here's what we know. Whoever it is is a heel, and they have to be a mega heel because they're coming on and stepping on another heel. So you're gonna come in and step on the you're gonna come in and step on Jay White's heat right now. So you better be a monster heel. Yeah. So I cannot I, I can't wait for this reveal. I'm, I'm I'm really interested in this. This should be really good. Now does MJF MJF's going at the uh, righteous alone? It's a two on one handicap match. I mean, you know, it's a testament to how his character is. He's a fighting champion. He is the face of AEW. And does he lose the championships? Uh, in that two-on-one, Jesse, on Sunday against the Righteous. Because it would make sense if Adam Cole is out and MJF is fighting this battle alone, you would think the Righteous would beat MJF. Now, I don't really want to see him take a pinfall loss as the AEW champion, but it is a two-on-one handicap match, and the titles probably are best uh, on the Righteous now than they are on MJF without a tag team partner, no? Now, with this ending that I got, whoever came in and attacked... Jay White. It could be MJF's partner, maybe. Clearly has some kind of interest in MJF. Don't know what that interest is. Don't know if I want to help him. Like I said, they have to be monster heels. Yep. So whoever it is, they want MJF to themselves. So does MJF retain with the help of these guys who just beat down Jay White? Yeah. I don't know. 
It's a very well, it's a very interesting uh, situation, and it's going to get a lot of people making predictions, and it's going to get people talking, which is, again, like I said, a great thing for AEW. So we will see what happens. And honestly, going into Wrestle Dream, if it was Cole and MJF in regards to the tag team titles against the Righteous, I wasn't really interested in anything that came out of that match uh, because, to me, it's a nothing match. A lot of people think MJF deserves a lot better, but it was all about the storyline. Now that this is, you know, happening with Adam Cole's injury and MJF is now two-on-one, it actually makes the match a little bit more intriguing because we don't know if this guy is going to align himself with MJF, if this is an MJF plan or foil. You know, we, we don't know anything that's going on. So, you know, with all the predictions and, and the unpredictability that came out of this cliffhanger, it, it actually made the tag team match a little bit more interesting. Yeah. It, it 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 did. You know, what if we get this, though? How many guys were in on that attack? Was it five? Uh, I seen four. Four? Yeah. Okay. Was it five or four, Chad? I, I saw four. I oh, saw I'll, three and then the guy in the double mask. I'll, I'll pull it up as we... Yeah. Here we go. One, two, three, four, five. It was five, five. guys. Okay. okay. Five guys. So, what if we get a reveal of four people? And then... Months down the road, who is that fifth guy? Well, guess what? His foot is healed. Then it's Adam Cole. Yeah. Maybe. That's a potential. You know, it's funny you said that because uh, Dalton Smith on my Twitter wall said this, and this is uh, basically what Jesse said. Uh, Roddy, Taven, Kyle, Mike, and with Cole in the mask. Cole continues to make sure MJF barely survives each title match, so he keeps the belt, but is more broken down Till his time to take it. Cole happens to turn during a future tag team title defense like Roddy did in NXT. You know? Could be. Could be. Could you know? be. I mean, if 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 that if this is the case, this would be some spectacular last minute booking on TK's part because with that injury, you know, just happening and everything else. Yeah. You know, you gotta. You got to pivot. You got to change. Come up with a new storyline. And what? And what if this was something they came up with? You got four guys. So, and, and that's the thing, Jesse. That's a, that's a very good point. You know, you know, we we criticize and have criticized AEW creative as of late. They're not doing too much. You know, they're doing very little. There's little pay per view build. Tony Khan just throwing matches on a piece of paper and then throwing them on pay per view. And there's really there's really not a lot to sink your teeth into outside MJF and Adam Cole's storyline right now. Everything you know, there there is story, but it's just like. You know, little two, three week feuds get to the pay per view, and then we start all over, rinse and repeat. But MJF and Adam Cole have been the story predominantly through most of AEW's year. You know, and, and you make a good point. This is certainly going to be a test for Tony Khan and his creative team. This is going to show everybody what exactly you know they are capable of and what they're made of. If they can, with this devastating injury, because this is a devastating injury to Adam Cole. This is going to reroute an entire fucking you know, storyline for God knows how long. If they turn this around and make sense of it within the last seven days since the injury happened on Wednesday, man, you got to give them a lot of credit because, you know, they really haven't produced a lot of quality story this year. And I'm being blatantly honest with you. You know, it's not like it has been in in years one, two, even going into year three, but it's certainly going to show you what they're made of. And if they can do this, man, you know, that's a testament to how uh, Tony Khan has surrounded himself with a damn good team. Yeah, yeah, man. That I, I, I would be highly, highly interested in it because it, it could be it, it could be what we have the the kingdom 
and Roddy and a returning Kyle O'Reilly. And that can that can hold place until Adam Cole comes back as the fifth man. Yeah, that, that that'd be interesting. Huh? Yeah, that's uh, that's certainly an interesting way to look at it. So uh, that happened at the end of Dynamite tonight, and Jay White was attacked. Five masked men, one being the Devil Mask that MJF usually wears uh, on occasion, and uh, it certainly made Wrestle Dream a little bit more interesting. Uh, the MJF Jay White thing, we don't know when that's going to take place, but they're certainly positioning Jay White on a bigger. Uh, uh, a bigger platform in AEW, and he certainly deserves it. He's fucking fantastic. And Bullet Club Gold has been killing it on Collision, so good on those guys. The other thing I want to talk about, Jesse, is the entire feud between Adam Page and Swerve Strickland. This actually was given main event treatment tonight. This is going to be a match that I'm very much looking forward to. Two styles that I absolutely love uh, in ring. Uh, Swerve from Seattle, wrestling in his hometown, Against Page, the whole story is Swerve thinks that if he wasn't held down, he'd be the first black AEW world champion, and he's coming for Adam Page's spot. He feels Adam Page has gotten lazy. If you don't want your spot, and you don't want to do anything to keep your spot, and you're taking it for granted, I want it. I'm coming for it. That's basically the premise of the storyline. We were looking forward to this to see how both of these guys built their match going into the pay-per-view. I saw you tweeted on, uh, on X tonight that you thought that this was going to be Swerve's best promo to date. I honestly thought Adam Page uh, one-upped Swerve tonight in the promo department, bro. I'm still looking forward to the match, but I felt like Adam Page brought a lot more fire than Swerve did tonight. I, I, thought, I thought Page was par for the course. I mean, which is not a bad thing. I mean, Adam Page, when he when he's um you know hot like that, his promos are always good. Um, I did expect this to be Swerve's best promo, and... It was fantastic, I mean, but I don't feel like it was better than the one he started off with uh, Hangman you know, yeah. in his feud, though. Yeah. Um, I thought that one was a little bit more. I think it, when he came out and said, if if I was if I was given every fucking thing you had, I'd be the black, a first black world champion by now. That that just that just resonated. Like he he ain't wrong, man. He is not wrong. I mean, he Hangman was been in the position to to easily get himself over as a world champion. And I, I feel like if Swerve had that same push, he would have been the first black world champion. So, I mean, it, it, felt, it felt more intense on the first one. This one was good. I like how I like how passive-aggressive Swerve can be. I like how when he's serious, like he tells Nana, like, no, go sit your ass down. I got business right about now. You know? Yeah. No fucking dancing. And when he wants to be serious, dude, he can come off as just, as just locked in. You know, like he, he's coming in. He's coming in. When I see Swerve like this, I don't want to see him lose. Like he cannot, he cannot be losing when he is this fucking focused, locked in, and and just and just on it, man. I mean, he, like he if if he loses, it feels like everything he said was worthless. When it feels like everything he said is true, so I feel like he's gonna, especially at home in Seattle, I think Swerve's gonna fucking kill it, man. He's gonna kill it. Uh, he absolutely should win the match on Sunday against Page. There's no doubt about it. I mean, yeah. There's no doubt in my mind that Swerve should win that match. Uh, that would be terrible if he lost. Oh, my God. Maybe dead. Yeah, I mean, dead. it's just it doesn't make any any creative sense at all if he loses. Uh, but what I thought tonight, uh, as far as those two men go, they they actually had a very good main event segment there with the, with the signing, the contract signing. And uh, I love the little uh, ending there where Paige stuck the pen in Swerve's hand and uh, we're off to the races. The security broke it up. It's going to be a hard-fought match. I think the crowd's going to be into it. 
and it should be a great undercard match on Sunday. So they got main event treatment tonight, and I think they're going to pull off a great match on Sunday. Uh, the other thing that happened tonight uh, was the international championship, man. There is news coming out of the uh, John Moxley front for the international championship. Apparently, you know, we talked about Adam Cole and MJF plans needed to be rerouted. Uh, apparently, there were major plans rerouted for John Moxley, who is okay, by the way. He's going to be fine. He'll be back uh, sooner rather than later. He's not going to miss oh. much TV time at all. They're just taking proper pro- uh, concussion protocol uh, with John Moxley. Uh, Ray Phoenix is the international champion. The match clearly was uh, not supposed to go to Ray Phoenix last week. Moxley was supposed to retain. Apparently, Jesse, there's massive heat on Rick Knox. Apparently, people were calling for his termination on on social media, which is not surprising at all. But Fightful is reporting that they almost immediately, following the John Moxley-Ray Phoenix match, uh, Moxley had been hurt in the match, and most believe that actually wasn't, uh, it actually uh, wasn't the highly criticized pile driver that did the damage. Now, oh, e- e- either way, I mean, it doesn't fucking matter where it happened. At the end of the day, John Moxley got a concussion, and John Moxley's health is priority. It doesn't matter where the fucking concussion came from. No, 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 I agree. Yeah. I agree. E- e- either way, Moxley walked out in his own power. He was checked on by Blackpool Combat Club. Tony Khan, uh, who was criticized for dancing with Daniel Garcia at the end of Grand Slam last week. Uh, oh, yeah, oh, John Moxley, he's got a concussion. Here, Tony Khan's dancing and grinding with Danny Garcia. But Tony Khan went to the fucking trailer with John Moxley immediately after they brought him to the back. So I, I, don't, I don't really get why we got a bash TK there. Like, give me a break with this shit. Uh, Moxley implied to people that he was going to be fine. However, there was uh, a situation that happened, Jesse. An audible was called during the match, and Ray Phoenix won the title. Not only did it affect the match, but it caused immediate changes to Dynamite and Wrestle Dream. Now, Fightful has learned the original plan was a non-AEW wrestler was supposed to come out on Dynamite and challenge John Moxley for Wrestle Dream. However... When the match result was changed, so did the plan to come out and make a challenge from whoever this was going to be. We haven't learned who it was. We were contacted by several, says Feifel, on the roster that said that while they like Rick Knox, there was heavy heat on him within the company as this wasn't the first uh, time something like this has happened and a wrestler wasn't protected by Rick Knox. So I said, uh, he, I said he botched that one real bad. He did. Uh, I feel like there's no way they could have changed the outcome of that match without going through Rick Knox. So he must have forgotten it. That's it's mistakes happen. It's yeah. not like, oh, I fucked up on account. It, they must have just told him about the fucking change and you forgot that fucking quick. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know, man. Um, that was uh, listen, like you said, man, I think you said it nicely last week. There, There is legitimately seconds for him to react there uh, with that pinfall. And at that point, Moxley was fucking out of it completely. Like, I, you know, you, you can blame Rick Knox, but at the same time, you got to be a little, you got to be a little fair to him as well. Like, you know, it's very difficult as a human being to make a fucking decision like that in one, two, three seconds. Like, you know, now I don't know why they're saying that, that, that he wasn't protected. Maybe when, when Moxley initially got hurt, Knox didn't do anything to protect Moxley uh, in that moment. I, I'd have to go back and watch because I'm not really, uh, you know, calling back to what happened there. But... We didn't see Rick Knox tonight at all. I think he's with the major heat. He wasn't even on the show tonight, right? Yes, that's what I, I heard. He wasn't on the show. I'm gonna be honest. I wasn't really, yeah, you know, locked in and looking. So if I saw someone say that he wasn't there, I believed them because you can easily go back and check that. You yeah. know, but um, 
yeah, like I said, man, I I, I thought what they meant was he they, that um that Knox didn't protect them, meaning he made them look bad in the match. You know, he just yeah. he, it's it's a major fucking botch, man. That's a major one. And again, I feel like if they have changed the outcome, they told Knox. They had to have told Knox. Yeah. And everything else. So, like, how could you fuck this up? Like, he he must have instantly forgot, like, that fucking quick. And, and, and this is what, and, and this is what got me. And uh, Dax, Dax reached out to uh, me on Twitter. Uh, he he replied uh, because I had said something. You know, and it's very frustrating as a fan when we see the same thing happen every single fucking time. Now, granted, it wasn't on the pile driver spot, okay, but that doesn't mean that pile drivers should be done. Okay, no. so I, I I call that, and Jesse and I have talked about this fucking before. Yeah, uh, talked about several this before. several different times. Yeah. So I don't I don't know where the anger and the frustration to tweet me came from in regards to Dax. You know, and, and we have no ill. I never said a fucking negative thing about anything he does ever. But as a, I, I, as I, I swear, a, this is this is probably. The first and the thing is that this your comment wasn't even a about him at all. It wasn't about him. And, 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 and as a fan, as a fan, I don't I don't really understand why the locker room again is getting on my case and Jesse's case when we are looking at it from an outsider's perspective, looking in, you know, yeah. and we see the same thing happening over and over and over again. Clearly, there's a fucking problem if people are getting hurt. This is not the first time where I've called out people being dropped on their heads every yeah. single fucking week. Jesse, it seems to happen almost multiple times throughout an evening on AEW television. And the overabundance of pile drivers has become very concerning in AEW. Now, Moxley didn't get hurt on a pile driver, but that does not mean that we need to continuously see pile drivers happen every single week because you are going to open up a problem there that's going to happen more often if you don't stop it. So I didn't really understand where Dax was coming from. I never said that I, you know, no psychology of a pro wrestling match better than someone like Dax Harwood or anybody on the AEW roster because I love what they do. But as a fan, you know, I don't know why I can't be or Jesse can't be concerned for the pro wrestler's well-being and the pro wrestler's health first and foremost. Like, yeah. like you know, Jesse and I have been doing this for a while together, man, since the very beginning. I've been watching pro wrestling since I was four years old, man. I'm 41 years old. You know, I call pro wrestling for House of Glory. I've been doing it for five years. If there's anybody as a fan that knows what a good match is, what a bad match is, what a bad spot is, what a good spot is, I think that I would have a little bit more say in that department. You know, to be belittled like that on social media is not fair to me because, you know, I know what I watch. I analyze it. So does Jesse. But... You know, wrestlers being dropped on their head, bro. It's become a serious fucking problem. That's all we really wanted to call out there in regards to Moxley. Yeah, no, I agree. And and there's two um, takes on this. And I want to start with the first one. And someone in the chat just said it. And before I could even get to it, but they said, "Oh well, it's wrestling. Accidents happen all the time." Well, let me start with that one because, okay, so when you get in a car, all right, why? And someone says, hey, put your seatbelt on. You know, well, why should I put my seatbelt on? Accidents happen all the time. Well, yes. And if it does happen, we want to make sure you're protected. You know, I mean, so it's, it's, you want to minimize the risk is what you want to do. That doesn't mean, well, since 
injuries happening in wrestling all the time, then hey, just just do whatever we want. Jump off the ladders, you know, flip off the can. It doesn't matter because you get hurt anyway. It does matter. You want to minimize the risk. You don't want people to get hurt. And another one that that was in the comments of um, you know, Mr. Hardwood's tweet there was, um, well, well, what do they know? Because they've never taken a bump in their life. They've never wrestled before. Let me ask you something, JD. Do you enjoy watching movies? I enjoy watching movies, Jesse. Do you know the difference in a good movie and a bad movie? I know the difference between a good movie and a bad movie. So you know when a movie is absolutely god-awful, and you know when a movie is fantastic. Yes. Have you ever made a movie, JD? I've never made a movie, and I don't know anybody who is in the movie industry. So how is it possible for you to know what a bad movie is if you've never made a movie before? I don't know. It's a very good question. I got eyes, bro. I got 20-20 vision. I could see with my own eyes. Maybe it's because you, as a fan of movies, have seen so many goddamn movies that you feel that you know what a good movie is when you see it and what a bad movie is when you see it. Yes. How does that not translate to what we're talking about right here? It doesn't. It's the same fucking thing. It's the same thing. How many Batman iterations have there been, bro? I watched the last Batman movie, for the, the latest one, for the first time last year. I thought it was a great fucking movie. But is it better than Christopher Nolan's Dark Knight? No. no. Similar. Similar in style. Similar in cinematics and all that. But, I, I you know, I, I, well, I don't have... Uh, uh, a say to say, oh, man, that Batman sucked compared to uh, the uh, Dark Knight. I mean, I can't compare fucking yeah. movies when I've watched both movies, Jesse. I- I've watched that, that that latest Batman movie about three or four different times because I thought it was fucking great. I've watched the Dark Knight over a dozen times, bro. So I'm yeah. what, I, what? The, the more oh, I watch, I can't critique it. Like, I've been bro. watching pro wrestling since I was four years old. Jesse, Jesse's been watching pro wrestling for how long? Sa- same amount of time. Like, like Since I was like fucking 12. I mean, shit. I mean, holy shit. I mean, it. I don't. I don't understand it. By the way, I, I didn't. I, I didn't care for the new Batman movie. Um, I saw that it was shot well. You know, I thought it was you know produced well. I thought that the Batman, uh, the vampire guy, did better than I expected. Oh yeah, absolutely. But it just wasn't my kind of Batman. Yeah, it wasn't my. No, Batman. I agree. I agree. Yeah. And you you can't say that apparently, Jesse, because you you know you're not a movie director. You're yeah, not a movie yeah. caster, and you know you, you didn't write a. Batman novel, bro. So how the fuck do you know who should be playing Batman? Exactly. You know what I do like the Christopher Nolan movies? I compare them to, I call the Christopher Nolan Batmans the Godfather trilogy of superhero movies because part one was really good. Part two was fucking amazing. And part three just didn't quite make the cut of the first two. I don't want to say it was bad. It just wasn't as good as the first two. So yeah, it's my comparison with that with the Godfather trilogy. I just thought that was kind of interesting, but yeah, no, I I, I don't understand this. We never claim to be, you know, five star wrestlers. We never claim to be. Oh, I could do that better. I never said once while watching the movie. Oh, this movie was terrible. I could have filmed a better movie. I just said the movie sucked. I didn't enjoy it as a movie fan. I did not enjoy this movie. This match didn't like it. As a wrestling fan, watch. Thousands upon thousands of wrestling matches. I didn't like this one at all. Oh, I love this one. You know, whatever the case may be. It doesn't make anyone less qualified 
to give their opinion on a wrestling match just because they've never taken a bump in a ring. Every time, every time Brian Danielson goes up for a fucking headbutt, bro, I cringe. You know, oh. I, I have a right to feel that way because the man fucking retired and has a history of concussions. He's thankfully yeah. come back. You know, every time, you know, we see someone dropped on their head, like the Ray Phoenix, John Moxley thing, it immediately gave me flashbacks to fucking Owen Hart and Stone Cold Steve Austin at SummerSlam. It was the yeah. same type of pile driver, too. It was one of them fucking, uh, you know, spike pile drivers. I, 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 can't, I can't stand to look at that shit. And, and like you said, you know, you know, yeah, they go in there. It's pro wrestling. Shit's going to happen. But you, you should take that one instance, which has happened multiple fucking times over the last four years in AEW, and, and minimize it and, and do it less, you know, to not have this shit happen again. Why do we need to go into a, a major pay-per-view in Seattle, which is going to be their first of many, hopefully, with WrestleDream? And John Moxley's not on the first WrestleDream because of a fucking pile driver that should have never been done. Like, and, and, and this is why I always bring up the WWE thing. I'm not advocating for WWE. They got their own fucking problems. But they've banned pile drivers. And now you see why they've banned pile drivers. But the thing is, Jesse, if AEW has done less or have done less pile drivers, how much more effective would the pile driver be if we didn't see it every fucking match and someone breaks it out and maybe wins with it, or we haven't seen it for five, six months, and someone breaks yes. it out and does it. How much more effective and how better it will it look if someone breaks it out if we haven't seen it in a while, man? Quality over quantity and abundance. I don't get I why so many fucking people are just so void of this fact. I preach it every fucking week in regards to several aspects, and then I'm the bad guy, and Jesse's yeah. the bad guy, and the fans are the bad guy. I've never seen one industry... You know, I, I could sit here and critique the fucking Braves. I watch stats. I watch games. I watch highlights all year long. I could sit here and tell you that Brian Snicker has not been a perfect manager all year. They may be the best you know, team in baseball, but he'll pull a pitcher when he shouldn't have. Or, you know, he left someone in too long. Well, a fan base can't go online and say that a manager fucked up and made a bad decision. Do you see anybody else in any other sport, Jesse, Bless their fans the way pro wrestlers bless their fan base. I don't, I, it's very bizarre to me. It really is. No, it's a double-edged sword because I do appreciate how um, the talent in pro wrestling, they have, they have that intimate um, connection with the fan base. I do, I do appreciate that part of it because at what other industry can you go out and tweet fucking, you know, Pat Mahomes and get a reaction from them. You know, it's just not going to fucking happen. But I do, because, I mean, foot, I mean, other sports are not like pro wrestling. You, you don't change the course of what you're going to see throughout the course of a season in football, or baseball, or basketball based on the fans' reactions. It's different in pro wrestling. If the fans are hating something, that you have long-term plans for, you will change your goddamn plans because the fans are not liking it. And same for vice versa. You might have had plans to do MJF versus Cole for a one-off, and the fans said, no, fuck that. We want more of this. And then you may extend it. So as a whole, the fans have a bigger voice in wrestling than any other industry, and I can appreciate that. But yeah, I do think the other side of that sword is for all of the times that we've sat here and said, you know, Britt Baker has improved through leaps and bounds since she debuted. You know, I'm really enjoying Julia Hart. You know, I'm really loving what's going on with, with Ricky Starks. And then we hear nothing from them. 
which is fine. I don't expect praise from the talent. But God forbid if you say something that is in the direction of not being in their favor, they want to put you on blast like you're a piece of shit and know nothing. I mean, I think it works both ways. Either shut up when you hear something we don't like, respectfully, or when we start saying things you do we that you do like, maybe once in a while, hey, man, thanks for the shout out. Or, hey, I tried my best. Or, I'm glad you liked it. Something. Just fucking something. You sit there and you watch. Clearly, you fucking watch. We know you're watching. And you have nothing to say until it's something you don't like. That's shitty. Yeah, that is it's, extremely shitty. It, it, it is very shitty. And it's very deflating, you know, sitting in my position as one of the most watched live streams after any of these shows. Whether it's Raw, SmackDown, NXT, fucking uh, AEW on Wednesday nights. I've had pro wrestlers reach into my DMs and say, you know what? Thanks, man. I, I really appreciate your support. I love what you do. And Jesse's had wrestlers reach into his DMs as well. You know, we're not going to reveal who they are uh, because I'm not like that. Uh, they know who they are. And I appreciate them greatly. You they know, they're, 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 they're a handful, but those are, the, those are the men and women that we actually love and respect. And, and the thing is, you know, a lot of people have vilified me this week. And Jesse has backed me up, and that's why I love him. You know, you know, he, he tells me when I'm wrong, and he tells me when I'm right. But, you know, in, in this instance, he backed me up in, in regards to Dax. He, he had, uh, you know, a couple of things to say about, you know, me going at Ryan Satin, which, you know, he read me out for, and, and I'll learn my lesson, and, and it'll happen all over again because I'm a fucking stunad. But, uh, you know, he backed me up on that. And, and, you know, sitting in my seat, it's deflating because a lot of people misinterpret what I say. And then, you know, a lot of people are going to misinterpret what Jesse says because he's affiliated with me. A lot of people are going to misinterpret what Drew says because he works with me on Tuesday night. Everything I say comes from a place of love and a place of passion. I love professional wrestling. Absolutely. Somehow that gets lost in translation because I said this about Alexa Bliss. JD hates women. JD doesn't want to see Jade Cargill succeed. And all this other fucking bullshit that people are coming up with, their own narratives to, to fucking blast me and defame me and do all this other shit. Then you got fucking the pro wrestlers doing what they did like Dak. We love Dak. I fucking love FTR. Yeah. Loved FTR from fucking the first day I saw them on NXT to where they are now. They are legitimately my favorite tag team, you know, right now, possibly ever. Okay. Every time, every time we have a best of uh, best tag team in a real conversation, mine is always pretty much the Usos. His is always FTR. I was at a media scrum, and I gave Dax a fucking comment. Bro, you may be wrestler of the year with the fucking work that he did last year. He's yep. done the same work this year. I don't get any, you know, who, who the fuck is this guy? Blah, thanks for the compliment. You know, you, you don't remember who the fuck I am from last year's media scrum, whenever that happened. You know, but Probably the thing not. is, like Jesse said, the good comments fucking get swept in the rub. Bad comments are always highlighted and blah, blah, blah. But everything I say comes from a, a, a place of passion. And that's what people don't really understand. They think I'm some angry fucking dwarf who lives in my mother's basement. And they, they don't really, they don't watch the show. I had someone today they tell don't. me that they don't watch the show. I'm not watching JD. He's always angry. I'm not going to waste 45 minutes to hear his explanation on Jade Card. So how the fuck can you talk about me in a negative way when most of my work dwells here like what what are you doing and because then they saw some clips that someone clipped and sent to them and then jesse goes on and defends me with dax and mentioned something about bret hart and the way his career ended and, and then dax this past saturday on collision working with the uh, work horsemen you know anthony henry and jd drake dax goes online and puts it in the fans faces again jesse and says Oh, so many people said open challenges this and, you know, why are they working with these bums here? And then he gave his explanation why. 
But at the end of the day, the fans have a voice and the fans have an opinion. If you don't like it, you know, no. it's tough shit. But it's not right, and it's a problem because it's been happening every fucking week, all because you tweeted it out, and people are going to defend you because you're Dax Harwood and FTR. doesn't make it right. You know, things need to happen. And and the way Jesse put it is, you know, instead of putting someone like that who hasn't had enough TV time on Dynamite in the fucking ring expecting to get over, why don't you give them some fucking wins and feature them on TV and build them up and then have them earn a championship match? How is anybody going to care if you just throw them into the deep end to give them a championship match? Are we wrong for criticizing that? Then they're gone. Let's see where the workhorsemen are next week after that fantastic match with the champions. What are they going to do going forward? They're no bigger than they were going into that match just because they had a one-off with the champions. Are Anthony Henry and J.D. Drake great pro wrestlers? Absolutely. Sure. Absolutely. J.D. Drake is fucking great. I've seen him work on the indies several times. I, I, went to, I went to several Evolve shows to watch him live, front row, and he's fucking great. And, and you know, I was, I was happy when he signed, but what, what has he realistically done? Who knows yeah. J.D. Drake? More people, know, more people know who I am than fucking J.D. Drake. They know J.D. from NY than J.D. Drake. I mean, holy shit. Now, 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 if the workhorsemen were to get a push, if they were to get a win just against another tag team somewhere, it would fly under the radar. No one would really care too much. We might even sit here and say, oh, it was a meaningless match. It meant nothing. Well, come next week, if they go up against another tag team, this time it's a higher tier tag team. This time, say they beat someone, I don't know, House of Black, just for instance. Like, oh, man, they, they beat House of Black? Why? These guys are nobodies. Okay, whatever. Go on to week three. Now they beat the Young Bucks. Oh, well, shit. These guys that beat the Young Bucks, they beat House of Black, and they beat some other team a couple of weeks ago. Then you want to tell me next week they get a shot against the champions, FTR? Okay. Let's see where they're going with this. They've earned their way to a championship match over the last month. What's so hard about that? What's so wrong about that? Instead of giving them one match, kick them out and done, you gave them a month or two worth of consecutive matches, built them up, and sure, you might have them lose, but they're still the team that won over the last month. They still have some kind of momentum going in, especially with a nice match with FTR. It's better than what we're getting. We get a random fucking challenge. Open challenge. These guys are being featured. Had a great match. What are they doing next week? Nothing. Are they on collision? Probably not. Were they on tonight's show? Probably not. I mean, it's all in the creative. So how can you blast the fans for the creative that Tony Khan has done, which has been open challenge, open challenge, open challenge. Are the fans wrong in that regard? Are they wrong in that aspect? I mean, you know, we expect more from a company that is deemed the alternative to a, to uh, WWE. You know, that's not really the alternative. That's repetitive. It's not the alternative. Yeah. So I don't really understand why, you know, they go out of their way to make the fans look stupid and then back up the shitty creative that Tony Khan's giving them, and then we're wrong for calling it out. Yeah, yeah. Kind of reminds me of the discussion I had with a certain someone over in the UK about our disagreement with their booking decisions and our, our focused anger with management and trying to explain to them that the stuff they were given was bullshit and they should be getting better. And they just wanted to defend the trash they were given and try to put that over as opposed to us trying to, trying to say we want it better for them, but it is what it is, man. So wait, so people don't want honesty? They don't, know. They want to hear what they want to hear. And if you don't say what the, 
what they want to hear or the way they want to hear it, and they're angry. Well, that's exactly what the whole Jay Cargill situation was this week. The same shit. I mean, I said something in my words, in my opinion, and then I got blasted for it because it was my pro wrestling opinion. And it's like, if you don't say what exactly everybody else is regurgitating, you're the fucking villain and you're the bad guy. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's not the way I've built my show. I should be at fucking 500,000 subs with the fucking quality of content that I put out in this fucking space in the pro wrestling realm. I'm only at 150,000. Why am I not at 500,000? Because everybody takes what I say and they spin it into something that's fucking evil and, and vilify it. Meanwhile, all I do is give my pro wrestling opinion in the most honest way possible. What you get on here with Jesse is me. What you get on Tuesday with Drew is me. What you get when I'm solo is JD amped up to 110%. That's it. Like, I don't really understand it, but everything that I tell you is basically how I feel. If you were sitting next to me, if Jesse and I were sitting next to each other having fucking drinks at the bar, what I tell him in privacy is the same shit that I tell you guys here. There's no different. So why is honesty vilified? I don't, re- I don't really understand it. Like, if you don't want to hear it, don't watch it. If you're a pro wrestler that doesn't like it, get better and, and do something about it. But at the end of the day, I'm always going to be honest with my audience. You're the ones not being all honest with yourselves. So as somebody's got to do it, right? Yeah, uh, I think with the Jay Cargill thing, though, you've, you've never really put her over. You've never really been a fan no, I, I'm the potential is there. I've always said the potential is there. All I said, I, I was and I said the potential this, was there when she started, and that you know this point that she's gotten to. I thought there was been leaps and bounds of improvement. Um, I thought she was there. Is she perfect? Of course not, man. Um, I don't think she's NXT roster worthy though. I think she should be on the main roster. Well, more than likely she's going to the main roster with the ESPN announcement. You know, Kenny yeah. Omega made his, you know, Kenny Omega made his tweet and people thought that he was uh shadow or uh, you know, um indiscreetly mentioning me. Like cuz yeah. I was the, I was the topic of the fucking IWC. I'm like, "What the fuck did I say that was so outlandish that everybody wanted to fucking crucify me?" You know, I don't really yeah. get it. You know, you know, Je- you know, everybody seems to think that oh, oh Jake Cargill, J- J- JD's got a problem with Jake Cargill cuz she said that he lives in his mother's basement. I don't give a shit about that comment. You know what I did with that comment? I went to the fucking gym. She told me I couldn't do a pull-up. I went to the fucking gym and I lost 13 fucking pounds. And, you know, I could, I, I didn't know what a squat was. Now I'm squatting 300 pounds. And people are fucking laughing at her. Oh, that's light work. Half of the people are telling me they, that they can do a, a plus 300 squat can't do a fucking squat, period. So, you know, she, she actually did good for me. And I, I appreciate that. You know, at the end of the day... You know, she went on and found her own path, and I feel like I have to respect that because that's the, that's a, the same exact way I built my audience and my channel. She took a chance on herself, and that's what she's doing with WWE. I want to see her succeed because I feel like women's wrestling needs a renaissance. We haven't seen a renaissance since the original Four Horsewomen, and, and WWE and AEW have moved past that. But I'm not here to give you guys fucking the same regurgitated opinion like everybody else in the community and I know Jesse's a little bit more higher on Jade than I am, but I want to be where Jesse is, and I, and I want to be a fan of Jade Cargo. I just don't get the hype. I don't get the fucking, you know, closet fan all of a sudden coming out of uh, their fucking caves. You know, yeah. where were you for the last two years? <laughs> Jesse, yeah. and I, Jesse and I have discussed this. The only reason why she was 60-0 and 0, or whatever the fuck she was was because Tony Khan wanted to make her more than what she really was. They created that title for her. 
And, and, and now she's, you know, behind the WWE machine. She's going to be a movie star. She's going to be on Hollywood. She's going to be main eventing WrestleMania. She's going to be the next Charlotte Flair. That, that's exactly what we're getting. But at the end of the day, all I said was she needs the performance center. She needs to hone her craft. She needs to know how to wrestle. And people are like, she don't need to know how to wrestle. She don't need to do this. She looks this. She looks that. She's a made woman. Blah, blah, blah. Why can't you be happy? JD hates women. Every time WWE invests in women, JD's got to say something sexist. I mean, what the fuck, man? I mean, how do you get all that from me telling you, hey, I want to see her succeed. She needs to be in the Performance Center. I would prefer her on NXT for six months. Where the fuck do you get all that? Where? You're past. It's your past, man. I mean, who are we kidding? Who are we kidding? And and on the on the Jade Cargill note too, I, I think it is shitty that AEW invested everything that they have into her, and that she goes to WWE and she leaves nothing of value behind in AEW. Now, so wait a minute. I want to stop. I don't want to cut you. I want to cut you off. I want to cut you off. She 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 didn't leave nothing of value behind. You can't you can't cut me off. I'm not done. No, this is important. Okay. But what she did leave behind, it is ultimately important that AEW and Tony Khan capitalizes on, and that is Chris Statlander. They have to push the hell out of Chris Statlander being the only woman in this company who is able to beat Jade Cargill. Right now, she's the only one. Right now, she is that bitch. No one could take out Jade but Chris Statlander. That's a very and good right point. Right now, she's just kind of just floating. They have to push her as, and I don't care if you got to bring it up at some point, you know, maybe if, if they turn her heel down the line, you know, I'm the one who beat Jade. You know, it, it has to be brought up. Jay did leave that, came back and put her over again. That needs to be used. That is a lot of value right there. Everything you gave Jade is sitting there in Chris Statlander. Please don't waste it. Yeah. Please. Yeah, yeah she she is definitely somebody that the fans like. I, I, I absolutely agree with that. You know, if Tony Khan wants to get back, you know, that's that's sitting on his roster right now. You know, and, and I and I expect Tony Khan to make moves. You know, you know, I don't think Tony Khan's taking the Jade move lightly. You know, he's being very gracious because that's how great of a human being Tony Khan is at the end of the day. Jade is welcome in the AW locker room anytime she wants and blah, blah, blah. We know that's not going to happen. Tony yes. Khan has to say that to save face and look like a good guy. And I know he's a good guy. But at the end of the day, you don't think Tony Khan has a fucking plan B, uh, C, and D coming out of this fucking Jade Cargill departing to WWE? He knows exactly what WWE's doing. And all and all I said, you know, would Jade Cargill, if she was two years ago, Jesse, be getting the rollout that she's getting now with ESPN and WWE having her all over their social media? No, no. No, The only reason why she got the red carpet rollout is what I said. And this is also what got me in hot water with the fucking people that can't take an honest opinion was because of where she came from. That doesn't mean I don't want to see her succeed. I'm just calling out the hypocrisy of WWE at the end of the day because they're the ones who always say AEW is not competition. But they have no problem taking AEW talent and making them like they're bigger than anyone else that they currently employ over there. That's the problem that I have. What has Jade done to get a red carpet rollout? Nothing. She doesn't have a career highlight. She has one of the worst title reigns in company history. Nothing of that title reign is memorable. What has she done outside of how she looks? She looks like a fucking 
superstar. We get it. But what has she done? She was an AEW talent that defected to, a, to WWE. And this is what they're looking at. And that's the biggest takeaway from it all. I don't know how people misconstrued anything I said. It was very plain, right in your face, black and white. It's it's not all where she came from. It's how much of a star that Tony Khan made her into. Brian Pillman Jr. left and went to WWE. Nobody gave a shit. Nobody gave a shit. And he's got a family and lineage and a history. Yeah. They could have easily did that for him. Nobody gave a shit. But they pushed Jay Cargill to the moon. She was on TV. She has this huge title range. She looks the part. She's a big star. She's not a household name. She's not a mega she star. She will be. She will be. She absolutely will be, but she's not there just yet. But WWE is going to take what AEW did and they're going to improve on it. And they're going to make her a household name at some point. And I think she can she can pull it off. I think she's over there in a place where she's going to learn from some of the best women in the world inside of that ring. Yeah. And she's I, only going to get better. I, I, I agree. I, I, and I, I, I hope it happens. You know, this is the other thing. People are like, well, wait, she, she held the title for 503 days. Name me one title defense that you went back and watched again because it was such a great match. Now, yeah. I, I can't even fucking begin to tell you the most notable name she beat in that title reign. Who did she beat? She beat 80% independent talent that AEW brought in that was going to give Jade a two-minute match so that she looked good in a squash. That is what you want me to be impressed with? I hope she fucking breaks through because what she did in AEW certainly is not what got her signed to WWE. The place where she came from is what got her signed, and that's why they rolled the red carpet out for her. I don't give a shit what anybody says. Yeah. Give me a break. It's fine. Good for her, man. You got to capitalize. Strike while the iron's hot, man. Good. You know, we need, we need women's wrestling, man. You know, you know and another thing is all these Jay Cargill fans. Again, like I said, where the fuck did you come from? You know, where, where were yeah. you for the last two years? Where were you for the for, for the, all the 503 days? Now it's like some fucking major signing for, for WWE. But, you know, these same people, I've already seen some of it, you know, quote tweeting, Jake Cargill sucks, man. I don't believe this is on AEW television. She's terrible. Now, she, now, now she's in WWE. Oh, my God, it's the second coming of Christ over here. Well, it's just it's it's just the anti the anti WW uh, the anti AEW fan base. Same thing with Phil. I mean, when when Phil showed up in AEW, everybody on the WWE side fan base side all said, "Well, he's not gonna do anything. He means nothing. His ratings won't do crap." It's like all of the naysayers. When then when he left, those very same people that hated him love him. They love him. Why? Because he got fired and they want to back him just so they can continue to shit on AEW. It's way too much tribalism going on. And I don't know why. I just don't know why. Like, you have to hate this other company. Why? For existing? That's why you hate them. I don't get it. You know? Everybody on AEW side is very happy for Jay Cargill. Everybody. And, and that's what Kenny Omega called out. Like, why, why are we happy but the fans are not? Fans are disgusting. They are. Pro wrestling fans are fucking disgusting. I never said anything about not supporting Jade Cargill in WWE. I want to see her fucking become what she is very, very capable of. I never, I never not once said that. But at the end of the day, you know, I, I, needed, to, I needed to sit on this show today to, to fucking go over all that. Because I feel like, you know, whoever's watching over there and whoever's watching from, from AEW, you know, all this misinformation that's out there, man, I, I, I don't, it's not fair to me. It's not fair to me. And Jesse's my better conscience half the fucking time. And, and you know, he reels me in when I when I get a little too animated. But 
I mean, this shit, this entire week was fucking bullshit, man. You know, this was the, the most tamest that I've been. I mean, I didn't even give you guys a fucking hot take. It's blatantly right in your face. I've said a lot worse. And this man sitting here on my show knows that. I've said a lot worse. And a this lot. is what got me fucking, ah, oh, JD needs to be canceled. Really? Some people, some people don't like you and just don't watch. I love those people. So do they, I. They, they don't like you. They don't watch. They don't comment about you. They don't spend half their day tweeting about you. Why? Because they don't care what you do because they don't like you. I have that very same feeling about a lot of the top. I wouldn't say top, but a lot of the IWC podcasters out there. I don't like them. I don't watch them. I don't tweet about them and I ignore them, you know? And then when they're brought up by someone in my mentions, I mean, I want to, my wife is always on me all the time about being mean to people in, in my mentions and on Twitter when she should just say, well, you should just say nothing to them. I just want to ask you, why are you, why are you adding me for this comment? Why this has nothing to do with me. I barely even watch WWE. I don't watch it at all. Actually. Why are you sending me this shit? What? And she's always on me. Just ignore them. I mean, they actually care about what your opinion is and they want to hear it. And like, I, I, I get it, but. I mean, I don't. I can't answer all of these fucking ads. I mean, oh, I don't care. So if I don't mention you, don't tweet about you, don't listen to you, great. Now, the people who suck are the people who don't like you and make it their part-time job to let you know about it. Like, you're going to go and change your whole lifestyle to make Josh472879 a happy person. That's why the block button's been on uh, heavy rotation this week. Yeah. I, 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 I it's it's unbelievable, it's unbelievable, you know. So uh, yeah, that's uh, that that's that's our week. That's basically our week. So, awesome. you know, uh, who what? Awesome. Yeah, yeah. So they, 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 everything's out in the open. There. Hopefully, the hopefully you guys enjoy that. Yeah. We're, well, we're not going to spend too much time on the show. Really, there really wasn't a lot. You know, we got Russell Dream on on Sunday. Uh, we'll get into this thing uh, quick here, so being that we spent an hour and twenty minutes just fucking. Fucking around here. Uh, first of all, guys, uh, thank you for the 2200 here live. Appreciate you. Uh, hit that thumbs up. There should absolutely be no less than a thousand likes. Uh, follow Jesse at Chi-Town Smart on social media, on Twitter. You know, he's not going to be on there all the time, but uh, if you want to uh, ask him a WW related question, he will answer you apparently. If I want to. Oh, to my, to my impact people out there, the five or six of you that are there, I love you all. Um, my daughter is getting inducted to the National Junior. On our society tomorrow evening. And I have decided to be there for that instead of covering impact. Call me crazy. There you go. So, no impact review tomorrow night, guys. Sorry about that. Very good reason. Uh Fids, Fids in the chat. Look at this comment, Jesse. I disagree with JD's takes, but I still watch. Because it's entertaining. Same goes with Cornette. I get entertained, and that is all. Well, Fids, clearly you enjoy us enough to spend your night with us here in the chat, and you're entertained even though you might not agree with, you know, even half of what we say. So I appreciate you, man. I'm giving you a fucking personal shout-out tonight, man. I appreciate that. Thank you very much. Thank you. You know? Uh, Follow Jesse uh, at Chi-Town Smart on social media. Um, Speaking of of impact, I want to make this note right now. Uh, I love Sammy Callahan, one of the best guys that uh, I know in the industry. He's been with Hog uh, for uh, a couple of big-time matches. Love his work. Uh, He is a free agent. And he runs one of the biggest independent pro wrestling promotions with uh, Wrestling Revolver. 
in the United States out of uh, Ohio. And he's a free agent come the end of the month. Now, I don't know where he's going to end up. He could very well remain with Impact because I just see him as a loyal guy. But if any locker room oh. ends up getting Sammy Callahan, they are getting a quality fucking hand and somebody that, in my honest opinion, could main event any show on any night anywhere in the world. He is that good. And the loyalty is the most important part because he is, and he's fucking talented, man. Not only does he do what he does in the ring, but he he runs that entire promotion, man. Graphics and all that other shit, he's in charge of all that shit over at Wrestling Revolver. So wherever Sammy Callahan goes, my eyes will be glued because that's uh, a, a great pickup for whoever gets him. Bro, Sammy versus Moxley. That's what I thought. That's who I thought the uh, non-AEW talent was going to be, bro. Man. Imagine that for Wrestle Dream. Man. Holy shit. I could see why there's fucking heat on Rick Knox. <laughs> man. Yeah. No. Oh, man. Sammy versus Omega, man. I know. Uh, I mean, that would be, he, he would be perfect for AEW, man. I don't know where he's going to go, but we'll figure that out. Sammy is easily AEW bound. I hope so. I Thank hope you, so. guys. Thank you. Thank you. Where's Scorpio Sky? Just throwing that out there. Uh, he wrestled Andrade two weeks ago on Collision, and Andrade has called for a rematch. So I don't know when it's going to happen, but he, he, he's been back, yeah. Okay, been back. Okay, he got stuff going on with him? Uh, nothing important, but uh, he, he wrestled Andrade in a decent match on Saturday night a couple weeks ago. But we'll get there, right? We're going to get Scorpio Sky where he needs to be, right? I hope so. Okay, good. I hope so. Uh, follow me on social media at JD from NY206, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Uh, make sure you guys hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. Make sure you guys go get the super chats in. We'll hang out at the end of the show. Ask us whatever you want. So make sure you get them on in. And go check out all the other content on the channel. We ruffled some feathers with our Jade Cargill takes. My guy, Andrew Baydala, and myself on TNT episode 15. Go check that out. We're nearing 30,000 YouTube views already for that. So go and check out what everybody's talking about on Tuesday night. Loving the growth on Tuesday nights with TNT. Uh, Ray Phoenix, Jesse. He's the international champion against Jeff Jarrett. We got an open challenge to start AEW Dynamite tonight. And Jeff Jarrett answered the call. Uh, I, You guys know how we feel about the open challenges. I think they need to come to an end immediately. And Jeff Jarrett, bro, I mean... You know, it would be great if an open challenge happened once in a blue and you get somebody that's not with the company and, and, and giving them a tryout with an open challenge. I think that would be great. But when Jeff Jarrett comes out, bro, I don't know how excited anybody could be when Jeff Jarrett answers an open challenge. I am not going to complain this time about Jeff Jarrett. You know why? Because we have not gotten him as much as we used to. Yes. And I, don't, I don't think it's fair for me to sit here and complain about him again and again and again. He has not been on TV that damn much. It was very innocent. It wasn't, you know, it was painless. It was fine. I don't hate Jeff Jarrett. I just think he was being used way too much in 2023 as an in-ring worker. Again, yeah. I want to reiterate, I think the value that Jeff Jarrett would bring to AEW is immeasurable. I think his knowledge of this business, he could help everyone in that damn locker room. I just don't think he's needed in the ring with all of the talent, especially the missing talent from TV and AEW. That's yeah. all. Yeah. Uh, I'm not a fan of uh, Jeff Jarrett's crew. I think it's the same shit over and over and over again. It's just, it's just, you know, too much for me. There's nothing new there. Satnam Singh and, you know, uh, fucking Jay. I love Jay Lethal, but yeah, I mean, Jay Lethal is so much better than what they got going on with him now. 
Uh, so, you know, Karen Jarrett's out there. I mean, give me, come on. Yeah, it's, yeah. Not, it's not very exciting stuff. Um, Phoenix, he did win this match. Uh, he was hobbling around on his left leg. Apparently, he, he got injured. I don't know if this was legit or if this was just the story of the match. Uh, they spilled to the outside. And then Jarrett ordered his, uh, his crew to attack. Aubrey Edwards jumped out to the floor. She shoved Karen Jarrett down. There's been a little thing going on between them. Uh, with the bad leg, Phoenix hit a springboard arm drag into a double stomp, a thrust kick. Lethal jumped on the apron. He ate a Phoenix rope walk kick right to the face. Sanjay Dutt's out there, and he tried to distract. Jarrett hit a little blow and got a small package on Phoenix for a close two count. Jarrett planted Phoenix with his finish, the stroke, but uh, Phoenix got a foot on the rope to break up the pin. Jarrett then gets uh, to Satnam and tells Satnam, uh, to get up on the apron, Phoenix hit a low drop kick, caught Jarrett with a small package and a flash pin to get the one, two, three. Phoenix was clutching at his knee. Alex Abrahantes gave uh, the title back to Ray Phoenix in the ring. And basically, uh, that was all she wrote. Ray Phoenix retains the title and he is still the international champion. Good shit. Um, I understand why Phoenix is champion, so I am not going to put down what Ray Phoenix does with this title for the foreseeable future because who knew? We got to come up with something. We got to make a decision, and it is what it is. I just personally, I want to see the Lucha Brothers together, not in separate matches. Um, This was a night for, you know, breaking up tag teams, as a matter of fact, too. I mean, yeah. They're all over the place tonight. But um, nonetheless, man, Ray Phoenix is a killer, and as long as he's healthy and in the ring... Um, and it's a good day for AEW. Yeah, uh, I agree. Uh, Ray Phoenix, uh, I said this. Uh, I'm actually opposite of Jesse's opinion. I think the uh, Lucha Brothers should remain uh, individual for a little bit because yeah. uh, I think they are uh, very good on their own. They're very good as, uh, as a tag team, but uh, it's nice to see a little uh, change of pace there. We got uh, MJF and Adam Cole. We talked about this in the beginning of the show. There was footage off Long Island uh, following last week's Queens show at Grand Slam for AEW Dynamite. Uh, Adam Cole was on crutches, uh, crutches and then uh, MJF's dad's boat uh, was uh, there in the background, and MJF is on his dad's boat. And apparently they were drinking, they were fishing. Cole thanked MJF for the invitation. MJF brought up how Cole was too busy with Roderick Strong to come out to the ring to help him with Samoa Joe. Cole said Roddy is like a brother. As MJF understood uh, he went to go grab a beer for Cole, but MJF was seen in the background putting on the dynamite diamond ring ready to clock Adam Cole behind his back. Cole then asked if MJF brought him out here to knock him out with the dynamite diamond ring and then push him overboard. MJF said, no, 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 that's insane. And Cole said it's, uh, it's healthy to have multiple best friends, something that's not for MJF who supports Adam Cole. MJF said he almost got caught the last time he threw a dude overboard as they Seemed to catch a big fish, and apparently uh, the big fish that they caught was the big show, dressed as Captain Insano, and he wound up having a beer on the boat and toasting better than you, Bay Bay. Now, uh, you know, I thought this was a fantastic segment. Uh, you know, more of this uh, stuff, like I usually say, the better uh, for the show. I was actually hoping for a Jaws reference here, man, or maybe we need a bigger boat or something like that. Uh, you know, uh, the Jaws fan in me didn't get that, but I thought this was a, f a fun segment, fantastic segment. And the little tease there, man, with Dynamite Diamond Ring and MJF wanting to fucking knock him out. 
Yeah, they, they, they've always managed to put a little, you know, breadcrumb here and there every other week or so that this is going to split up in the way of MJF going back to the old MJF. And the more they do that, the more I'm, I'm led to believe that Adam Cole is going to turn straight up heel. Adam Cole is in a position to be, and this and this sucks because of this injury, man. Adam Cole is in the position to be just as big as a heel in AEW as MJF used to be. Yeah, I mean that the it, the writing was all over the wall. It's all set up, and this this fucking injury is gonna push shit back, man. I know and it that, sucks. That it's sucks. just terrible timing. Yeah, uh, you know, I, I genuinely thought that that was the way that they should have went. Uh, MJF, you know, we have discussed this multiple times. The way he is as a heel, we know how great he is as a heel. But with him as this baby face, he's really, you know, shut up a lot of the doubters. And I don't really want to see him change his formula right now, at least for the time being. And I honestly think him staying the way he is and then Cole turning heel was probably the best way to go here, personally. Uh, And now that's we're not going to get that anytime soon because of the injury that's probably going to keep Cole out for the rest of the year. You know, it's a a shitty situation. So we we have to see what uh, Tony Khan comes up to keep MJF busy. Maybe he loses the championship to Jay White. Who the fuck knows? I don't know. Maybe they get get the ball rolling with Jay White. No. 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 I don't know. It's a possibility. Uh, Not so much. Side note, real quick though, shout out to uh, Afa and Hawaii. Um, he's uh, apparently not doing well and in the hospital right now. Oh, says his grandson Alpha is the uncle of Roman Reigns, father of Sika, mm-hmm. a father of Sika, um, brother of Sika, and the Hawaii family. And um, uh, the grandson says in the hospital and not doing well. That's uh, that's all we need, man. More uh, more uh, bad news in the pro wrestling space, you know. Yeah, we don't we don't need that. That's terrible. That 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 Nye family. For those of you who might not know, and um, that can't be anyone here. The the Nye family is legit wrestling royalty. The most powerful and, family outside the McMahon family in pro wrestling. I mean, just these people just fucking breed awesome pro wrestlers, man. Yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll be we'll be long gone off this planet, and the Anawai family will be producing pro wrestlers <laughs> all day, all day. They 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 probably have about fucking ten active members in their family right now, don't they? Yeah. At least. Yeah. I mean, that's that's fucking amazing, man. Unbelievable. So, shout out to Afa. Please, please get well soon, man. Please get well soon, man. This heel turn with uh, Kanosuke to catch the Don Callis, and now Sammy Guevara. Has been uh, a breath of fresh air for our guy Sammy Guevara, man. Big booze here tonight for Sammy Guevara. Before we got to the in-ring segment, Don Callis was walking the streets of Tokyo, Japan with Konosuke Takeshita. This was last Saturday night. They were hunting for Kota Ibushi. Callis said maybe Kenny Omega will have to find a new partner for Wrestle Dream if they get rid of Ibushi early. So they go to uh, the dojo. They find him. They beat him up. And I thought that was a great segment. So a little tease for the Wrestle Dream six-man tag team match for uh, all those guys. I thought that was great stuff. So we got in the ring, Renee interviewing Don Callis and Konosuke Takeshita. We got a clip airing of Kenny Omega running out to save Chris Jericho. Renee asked if it's safe to say that Sammy has joined the Don Callis family. And Don Callis brings out Sammy Guevara. He's no longer under the toxic influence of Chris Jericho. And he is the newest member of the Don Callis family. Sammy Guevara walked out, came out wearing sunglasses, white jeans, a flower print button-up shirt. The backdrop 
of Sammy Guevara's uh, big screen, you know, where his name shows up on the big screen, very, very mafia-like with his his, uh, color scheme and then the lettering in his name. I thought that was awesome. I know. Scarface, bro. Scarface. Scarface. There you go. Mafia, Scarface, whatever. You got the Tony Montana white pants on and the Tony Montana flower shirt, bro. The Scarface fucking entrance, man. He's a complete complete dick now. Uh, Guevara walked out. He he walked out, Jesse, and Don Callis said he warns everybody that Ibushi wasn't safe. He said he hired his own camera crew when visiting Japan so they could show everyone what happened. And then we get, like I said, on the screen in Japan. They entered the wrestling training dojo. They attacked Ibushi two-on-one, choked him out. Back live in the ring, Guevara says he's not the bad guy, he's the hero. So Jericho is the villain. Fans then chanted, fuck you, Sammy, fuck you, Sammy. He said every time he was flying high, Jericho would clip his wings. He said he thought Jericho was going to pass him the torch. He never did. So so how he's going to become, or now he's going to become the star, he was born to be without Chris Jericho. Uh, I'm glad that Sammy was very stern and explained his actions, number one. And number two, man, the heel turn. You know, you and I have talked about this extensively with Sammy. Should he stay babyface? Should he go heel? If he if he goes heel, is it going to be something that they maintain over a long stretch? They do the babyface thing with his wife being pregnant. It might be forced. Man, Sammy's finally, after all these years, man, since the inception of AEW, is getting genuine. He's gotten genuine heel heat with Chris Jericho back during the, uh, the inner circle days. But my God, man, this is probably the best thing for Sammy Guevara. If they want to maintain a heel run for him, pairing him with Don Callis, it's working fucking brilliantly already, bro. This is best. Yeah, this is, this is best. I'm, I'm so happy. They came off of that, um, that baby face, uh, try for, for Sammy. It, it just, it was too soon. It didn't feel organic. It felt forced. And it, it just, it just, for me at least, it just felt like it was never going to actually really work. And if it did, it's going to take a long time. I think heel Sammy is best Sammy, man. Yes. The guy seems like a little entitled prick. And I think he plays that well. And I'm, I'm sure he's a great guy in life, dude. I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to talk bad about Sammy. But um, I think this is best for him. And I think Don Callis is going to, anybody around Don Callis is an automatic asshole. First and foremost. Yeah. So. He's already getting um, mega heat with Callis. Didn't even need him to get that heat, but he's going to get that rub anyway. And I think when you're finally done with this run, whenever it is, when you're ready to turn Sammy babyface, I think that pop is going to be genuine and the fans are going to actually love to see a babyface run come that point. Yeah, I agree every, with everything you said. This is uh, this is great stuff. Very very much looking forward to uh, Sammy's involvement with the Don Callis family. And I think the Don Callis family is some of the best parts of AEW Dynamite. No question. And that's going to be a great match, by the way. At Wrestle Dream, I'm very much looking forward to that six-man tag. That should be a fucking banger. Really good stuff there. Speaking of Wrestle Dream, they announced Wheeler Yuta versus Ricky Starks for Wrestle Dream. So, A, I'm glad that they're keeping the Ricky Starks train moving. And uh, he is feuding with the Blackpool Combat Club. Apparently, obviously, he's still in his feud with Brian Danielson. Starks said the next time he puts his hands on him, he's talking to Yuta at this point. He'll make sure he doesn't walk out of the ring. Yuta got heated and said he's an entitled prick. All style, no substance. Someone who just whines and complains and moans. He challenged him to uh, a match at Wrestle Dream October 1st in Seattle. So we got that match signed, sealed, and delivered for Sunday night. Yeah. Um, you know what, though? You know what's going to suck for Ricky Starks? I don't know when his contract is up, but I, I don't know. Is, so I'll ask you, is, is, is Tony Khan going to be in a difficult position when it's time to think about everything Ricky Starks, because 
Apparently, two of his best friends are now in WWE. Bro, Ricky Starks is as good as gone from AEW. Uh, I mean, so, but now do you push this guy? Do you continue to push him to the top so you can take the momentum with him back to WWE? Or do you give him the Wardlow treatment? What are you, what are you, what are you going to do if you're Tony Khan? You're in a fucking pickle. You know, you're in a very tough situation. You don't push him, fans are going to complain. You know, Wardlow. Tony Khan's creative is, uh, you know, uh, yeah, I mean, listen, you know, again, let me take my conspiracy theory fucking, you know, tinfoil cap and put it on, man. You know, Tony Khan mentioned that the media call before Russell Dream, you know, Wardlow's going to be back on TV when we find something for him to do and when he fits. Now, Wardlow's not on television because uh, they all know that Wardlow's as good as gone. And they're suppressing him so that when he goes to WWE, there's really no value there. That's what they're doing. Yeah, that's what it feels like, man. You know? And they can't do that to Ricky Starks because, A, Ricky Starks right now is bigger than Wardlow is. And, B, fans are going to complain. So Tony Khan can't really do that because it's very blatant what, they, what they'd be doing with Ricky Starks. So, so what do you do? And when Ricky Starks goes over there, you mean to tell me he ain't going to get the fucking red carpet treatment either? He's absolutely going to get the red carpet treatment. Oh, we got Ricky Starks. You know, they'll probably fucking start making correlations with Dwayne and Ricky Starks. You know, the charisma, yep. the fucking flamboyance and all this other shit. I'm telling you right now, it's going to happen. Yeah, it feels like he's a he's a goner, man. Between him, Wardlow, and I thought Brian Cage. I didn't think he was going to resign. But between him and Wardlow, I, I think they're as good as gone. Yep. Well, and they had no problem burying Wardlow was hot. Wardlow was white hot. They cut his fucking ponytail off and put him in catering. Yeah. Now, that was a mistake, number one. Aesthetically, that was a mistake. I don't, I mean, I don't know, man. I I don't want Ricky to go because I'm enjoying Ricky. But if he goes, man, I think he, he he's gonna he's gonna benefit, you know, tremendously. And, and Ricky Starks is someone who wants to be better positioned. He wants to be better, get better at what he does. You know, I I sense that he feels the company is stifling him. I mean, I, I feel like the Brian Danielson feud is just something to keep him busy. Like, hey, man, you know, we, we we like you. You know, you're one of our guys. This is what we think of you. Brian loves you, wants to work with you. You know, again, A, it's all in the follow-up. And Ricky Starks wants more. You don't think he sees Cody? You don't think Cody's is, Cody's in his ear already? Or has been in his ear already? You don't think Cody's in MJF's ear? You don't think Cody? Jade even admitted Cody was one of the reasons, one of the factors that she went over there. I mean... It's going to happen. Cody is going to be a catalyst. But the thing is, Jesse, this is healthy for pro wrestling where, you know, the, yeah. the, name, the names that we mentioned are going to jump ship to WWE. You know, AEW is going to bring in Edge. I, I firmly believe Adam Copeland's coming in. Yes. I firmly believe Mercedes is coming in. For all we know, Drew McIntyre feels the same way that Ricky Starks feels in AEW with WWE. He may jump ship next year. We may see Sheamus, who's been frustrated, it's, you know, publicly jump ship. It's going to happen, man. So the balance of, of talent here, at the end of the day, who wins? We win. We do. We do. I mean, it, it, it is a good thing, man. It is a good thing that 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 talent now has the option to go to another major promotion without having to go and uproot their family and leave the country. Yeah. So I mean, it's it's a beautiful thing. And and who are we kidding, man? Let's be honest. Some talent in AEW would fit better in WWE, the same way some talent in WWE would fit much better in AEW. So at the end of the day, sooner or later, these guys and women will make their way to the brand that would suit them best. And at the end, at the end of it, we get better television. So I'm okay with it, man. I'm okay with it because f first and foremost, I want to see these 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 guys and girls get compensated for what they do because they put their bodies through hell. And it's good to see that they can make money 
outside of just one promotion. They, they're the very, and this is what I don't understand about some of these tribalistic fans. The, the very existence of AEW means your favorite wrestler makes more money. Period. Yeah. Period. Because when their contract is up, they the WWE no longer has the option to say, well, where else are you going to go? I'm going to go fucking over here to Jacksonville, bruh, yeah. and get paid. So they have to treat their talent with respect come contract negotiation time. They're forced to. They are forced to. So that I'm enjoying. Yeah. And, and listen, man, I, I, I like when TV is freshened. You know, freshened up. You know, so yeah. we see Ricky Starks on a SmackDown or a Raw. Hey, man, if it brings a different fucking taste and a different style to, to Monday and Friday nights, I'm all for it because we get bored. As a fan base, we get bored. If we see a Drew McIntyre jump ship to AEW, hey, this is new. I it's like fresh. this. This is fresh. Great. Peter Corey in the chat says Ricky Starks is a mid-carder in WWE at best. Um, Absolutely not. Well, you know what? No, I'm going to agree. That, uh, it might be right, man. I mean, not because of his talent, just because of his size. And we know how WWE treats people. Look at Johnny fucking Gargano. Uh, yeah, I, I know. But, you know, I, I, th- I think a- a- AEW talent or what would be ex-AEW talent are going to be excluded from this discussion because WWE is going to take ex-AEW talent and book them better than what Tony Khan did in AEW to make Tony Khan and AEW look bad. It's exactly what they're going to do with Jade Cargill. You don't think they, they got fucking stars in their eyes wanting to book Jade Cargill better than what Tony Khan did, bro? They are doing it. I said this on Twitter again, and people fucking blasted me. Everything they do, bro, is with fucking strate- uh, strategy. It is very strategic and with purpose. They are going to oh, book yeah. this woman to the... They're going to strap the rocket faster on her than anybody that we've seen in, in the last 10 years, bro. And, and it's going to happen with Ricky Starks because of where they came from. Mark my yeah, words. Jade, Jade has the has the look, you know, to be a main eventer in the women's division all day long. I don't know why... See, they were too lazy to build a Jade Cargill when she tried out for WWE originally. Yeah. No, she, was nobody. she was a nobody. She was a nobody. And they, they saw nothing in her, but... AEW made her a star, and now they want to take her pay her, and now they want to make her a superstar. Great for Jade, man. Yeah, they don't want to. They don't want to pay you. They don't want. Maybe they made her an offer, and she said, "Fuck that, I'm worth more than that." I don't know. I don't know. But now I bet they didn't lowball her this time. No. She went out and earned her fucking worth. No, and came back, and I bet she's making money now. With Ricky Starks, I don't know, man. If I mean people in WWE, the size of Ricky Starks, if your name is not. Brian Danielson, fucking AJ Styles or Rey Mysterio. Good luck finding somebody the size of Ricky Starks in the top of the food chain in WWE. Now you might be right. They might take that and say, "Well, he's an AEW guy, so we're gonna, you know, we're gonna put the rocket pack to him." But Ricky Starks is great, but he's no Brian Danielson or AJ Styles. No, no, and that's another name, AJ Styles. You think he? You think he's fucking creatively satisfied over in WWE? Imagine him jumping ship to AEW. What that would do for him? You know, yeah, it's going to happen. I, it's going to happen. I don't know if he's going to retire, though. I don't know if he's going to retire when he's done. Man. Yeah, when, when Tony Khan sees he's a free agent, you think he's going to retire <laughs> with the amount of money Tony Khan's going to offer AJ Styles to come on in? You don't think he's already got fucking Kenny Omega, AJ Styles on his brain for fucking Wembley? This is <laughs> Fuck out of here. Very true, man. You know? Yeah. Uh, anyway, um, yeah. So Starks, Yuta, Wrestle Dream, Sunday night. Uh, fatal, no, was this a triple threat match? Not a fatal forward. The fatal forward happened later on. Uh, this was Nick Jackson, Brian Cage, and Claudio. Winner gets an international championship match. Nick Jackson won this thing. 
in about 10 minutes. Jesse, this was a fun match, man. You got three varying styles here. Nick Jackson, obviously we know what he can do. Uh, I think he's got a great offensive move set. His energy is great in there. Brian Cage is a fucking beast. He just throws people around. He's athletic for a man his size, does things a guy his size should not be doing. And then you got Claudio, man, who's just... You check, off, you check off all the boxes, man. Claudio could work any fucking style that he wants to, man. Three varying styles, fun match. They ended up going with Nick Jackson here against Ray Phoenix next week for the International Championship because these two men, Jesse, get this, they wrestled on episode nine of AEW Dynamite, and they're going to throw it back to episode nine. That's why they went with Nick Jackson over somebody in Claudio that I thought should have won the match. Maybe they have other plans for Claudio. Maybe. I'm just happy Claudio didn't eat the pin. Well, I mean. <laughs> I saw that match. I'm like, I know who's eating Bro, the Brian, pin. Ca- Brian Cage could eat half of this roster for fucking lunch, man. A guy like Brian Cage and the size of a guy like Brian Cage shouldn't be taking a fucking pinfall in a match like this. You know, it's like, you know, it's like. Somebody has to take it. Somebody's, somebody's got to take it. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's somebody has, somebody's got to take it, man. And I saw that. Looking at that matchup, I don't know who's winning, but I know who's getting pinned. Yeah. <laughs> I can tell that right away. So Claudio powerbomb cage. Nick then sent Claudio out of the ring with a head scissors, and then he covered Brian Cage for a win off the powerbomb. Um, fun match. I, I enjoyed this. I thought uh, what they did, all three of them in that ring together, was uh, very, very good. Yeah, it was good. Um, you know, it was... I, 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 you know, the match was good. It had a purpose for it. I think these these are the kind of matches we want to see on Dynamite. Um why are they having this match? Because the winner goes on and does this. Okay. You know, and then what's going on? At least there's a little bit of, of continuity too and flow as far as the tag teams, you know, partners doing separate things for this night, things like that. And the match was innocent. It was fun. So, so this was good stuff, man. This is, a, this is, this is a part of the, part of the, the, the show that made me say, I'm enjoying this show. And then the cliffhanger just was the icing on the fucking cake. So I had fun with this one. Yeah. Uh, a vignette, Ed, with the righteous. They were cutting out people with construction paper or on construction paper and drawing on them. Uh, they talked about karma and consumerism. It's easy to forgive your enemy than it is to forgive your fake friends. They snapped their fingers to their theme song. The paper cutout said LOL and liar on them. I mean, again, uh, A, let me start with a positive here, Jesse. We're getting... Uh, vignettes on who the righteous are and what they're about. Great. Uh, B, it may be too little too late from Ring of Honor to transition them to AEW television and and have them care so late in the game before a pay-per-view on Sunday night. I get that they're supposed to be or they were supposed to be part of Bray Wyatt's thing over in WWE. There was a big rumor that uh, they were supposed to be in WWE. Apparently, they signed with uh, AEW and joined Ring of Honor. You know, that doesn't mean let's take the whole vibe that is the Wyatt family and put them on AEW television as some as some sort of calling card or a fucking homage to what the Wyatt family is. I mean, I like the makeup of the group. I think the, the, the characters are, are really good, but I, I can't really find myself caring about them just yet, man. I, I, I'm, on, I'm on the opposite end of it. I can see the homage to the Wyatt family, but I've also been watching them long enough to see that it's it's not too far of a stretch from where the righteous were from where they were at before you know um Bray's untimely demise. Yeah. Um, 
it does seem like they took a little bit of a curve. They didn't take a right turn, all right? It didn't just turn straight into the Wyatt family. But yeah, it does feel like it has curved a little bit into like the Wyatt family-esque things. And I can appreciate the homage, man. I fucking miss Bray Wyatt already. Yeah. It's fucking terrible. And I don't think there's anything wrong with doing something that may remind fans of Bray Wyatt and the Wyatt family. I don't think it's disrespectful. Um, I think, again, I think it's consistent with the gimmick they were already doing. And if we're enjoying it, then I'm good with it, man. I want to see them, I mean, not be just like the Wyatt family. I do agree that, you know, have your own twist to it. But yeah, I don't mind them doing something that's very close to, you know, the the back of the woods Bray Wyatt original fan. I think it's pretty good stuff so far. Yeah, and if we're going to transition them to AEW and move them on from Ring of Honor, I mean, that's a good thing. I just, I, we need to see them a little bit more consistently. You know, not, yeah. not once every three weeks, four weeks, and, and, and because they're at a pay-per-view now with, with MJF defending the Ring of Honor tag team titles all by himself, you know, yeah. uh, we need to see more of them. If, if they need, you know, if they want them on television, let's, let's find some consistency. That's all. Yeah, I exactly. Yeah. No, no, I, exactly. Um, make sure they have a, make sure they have their own identity. Mm-hmm. That's important. They need to have their own identity. And if the things they come off as Wyatt-esque, that's okay with me. They just yeah. can't be just the same Bray Wyatt type shit. That's yeah. not right. You have to be original. For anybody sitting there saying, oh, it's like the Wyatt family. I don't like it. You name your favorite wrestler, and I promise you, I promise you I'll name someone who did that gimmick first. Yeah. Okay, so it, it's okay. It's okay to pay homage. Just be original in your homage. That's all. Yeah. MJF and Adam Cole, this is when uh, the, the part of the show that where we got a lot of uh, the, you know, information that we needed about Adam Cole's injury. Uh, apparently, he said that he exploded his ankle in three different places and torn ligaments Says he needs surgery. He said the news was soul-crushing. He will do whatever uh, whatever he can, everything in his power, to get back as soon as possible. He said he and MJF are the ROH World Tag Team Champions, but because they can't defend the titles, they are relinquishing them. And MJF said, whoa, whoa. MJF told Cole he made him wrestle twice in one night only to relinquish their titles to the righteous. He asked the fans if they want that. Fans yelled no. MJF said Cole wouldn't be hurt. If not for him, because he needed his help at Grand Slam. He says he knows how much those ROH tag team titles mean to him. So when he comes back, they will be waiting for him, which I don't think they would be. I don't think they will be. Uh, MJF said that he's sliding into Seattle, and he is going to defend those titles in a handicap match, and we will win because we are better than you. And out comes Roderick Strong yelling, Adam! Adam! And he's rolled down in a wheelchair, Jesse, by Mike Bennett and Matt Taven, and he's wearing the same hospital gown that he was wearing last week when Adam Cole visited him in the hospital. This fucking guy, man. I mean, yeah, he's not only does he have the neck brace on selling the gimmick, and now he's got the nightgown. So uh, if you see him out and about, bro, going into Seattle this week, he's probably going to be wearing the fucking nightgown. Bro, I promise you, it's a very real possibility after meeting that guy. He probably will be, man. And if he look, he'll turn around like a fucking robot. <laughs> and, and what? And what did he tell you? But I, he said, he said, I, I need this. Yeah, he's like, why are you wearing that thing around? They making you wear that thing? I need this. <laughs> oh my god, dude, that is so good. I mean, that is so good. I mean, his uh, his yelling, Adam, <laughs> love it. That's his interest music now. I know, really. 
So he, he's out there with his boys. Roddy was in the hospital gown. He told Cole he learned about friendship on the boat and he should go do what he's got to do. And he'll be waiting for him when he gets back. Cole stood and they hugged. Excalibur says you can't imagine how MJF will win against two opponents all by himself. Matt David and Mike Bennett began to roll Roddy to the back and called for Cole to join them. MJF asked everyone to give it up for Cole one more time before he left. So this was the part of the segment where Jay White comes out with the Bullet Club and he's out there with Juice, Colton, Austin, and the cardboard cutout of Jay White. And he headed to the ring all by himself. MJF was very confused about why Jay White was out there. And they get into a promo back and forth. Uh, MJF told Jay White that he must be smoking some strong Colorado grass because uh, he came uh, out to the ring and he didn't really understand why. He said his goatee is like pubic hair glued onto his chin. We had a pubic hair chant broke out in Colorado. MJF said, and we got a weed chant as well, yes. Weed and pubic hair chanted in Colorado. There you go. MJF said people have compared him to a lot of people. And they said he's no blank. You know, he's like this guy or he's like that guy. He's no this guy. He's no that guy. He said as his stature in the company rose, the names got bigger. He said it never bothered him until someone said, sure, MJF is good, but he's no Jay White. And we got a bullshit chant from the crowd. He said he never understood why it bothered him so much, but now he has realized that he compared himself to a filet mignon. He said nobody's on the level of the devil. He said White is very talented, but he's managed to confuse even the smartest of wrestling fans that he's also filet mignon. But he's not. He's actually tofu. So we got uh, a fucking uh, cook-off here between MJF and Jay White. Fans chanted tofu. So now we got bullshit, weed, pubic hair, and tofu chants in this segment. Unbelievable. I think Bobby Flay is going to be the special guest referee here. Man. Probably him or, uh, listen, man, fuck Bobby Flay. We got to get Guy Fieri. There you go. You know, uh, he said tofu takes on the flavor of whatever you want it to, but you need to add something to it to trick you into thinking it has taste. I never had tofu in my entire life and I probably will never. Yeah, same. Uh, he said white has been given everything. All the finest spices and herbs, a good entrance, a nickname, big entrance, T-shirts, big match opportunities. You were handed the keys to one of the greatest wrestling factions of all time. He said, if you pluck it all away, you're left with nothing but boring, bland, tasteless tofu. He said, White is trying to steal some of his flavor. He said, White is all hype. You're nothing more than intelligently produced mass market vision of what someone in Japan thinks is a top guy. He said, if he were him, he'd leave the ring and stop talking smack. To my pores. He says if he doesn't, I don't believe the fans enjoy being called pores, but I mean, it's MJF. Why not? They cheered it. I know. They they did cheer it. He said if he doesn't, for the rest of their careers, when their names are mentioned in the same sentence, it'll be, sure, Jay White is good, but he's no Maxwell Jacob Friedman. So, you know, we got Jay White in there, and he stepped out of the corner, listening to MJF talk. He finally has uh, a moment here to say something. Thank you. That's what I came out here for. My own personalized MJF experience. He says he's a little let down, though. Fans are still chanting tofu. White said something is a little different about him these days. He said he thinks he's a little distracted by his bromance with Adam Cole. He says he doesn't think the fans love MJF as much as they love Cole. So the fans threw it back in Jay White's face and chanted MJF. White said he injured Cole at Forbidden Door, and that set in motion all of the things that have happened 
that led Cole to getting his knee injury, which was MJF's fault. So I like that. I like that they brought that up, you know, and really made Jay White the catalyst for why everything has kind of, you know, become what it's become here. He says he's been ruining MJF's life from a distance for a while, and now he's up close and ready to ruin it in the flesh. He says he calls himself the devil and nobody's on his level. He says he needs to find another level because that doesn't exist for him in order to stop him from taking the belt from MJF. He went into his catchphrases and nicknames. He says he'll be a truly elite champion, after which MJF can go sulk with his scumbag fans. Fans chanted, shut the fuck up at Jay White, which is always a great sign. Uh, White says he will be the new and true AEW champion because it's still my era. It is the Switchblade era. MJF, you gone soft and you know it. MJF then got angry, says you don't got a goddamn club uh, clue of what I'm capable of, so why don't you shut up? He threw his belts down. He unbuttoned his shirt. He wanted to fight. White bailed out after uh, a potential brawl and skipped away with a smile on his face that he rattled MJF. Um, clearly, MJF is staying babyface. A, that's great. I like that they brought up that, like I said, Jay White's the catalyst here, Jesse, for why everything has happened to Adam Cole. And if you're going to give me a match between these two men, pay-per-view, full gear sounds like the proper place to do it. We're uh, shaping up to have a banger, man. So another match on top of MJF's unbelievable 2023. Sign me up. I thought this was great, but... I did think it went a little too long for my liking. I think if they cut it down a little bit, because it felt long-winded, it would have been a little bit more, uh, I would say, memorable. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess. And to be honest, I think it may have, I think it may have overshined the main event contract side. Yeah, definitely. You know, that should have been the longest and most important promo of the night. Um, but who am I to sit and complain about getting a long MJF promo? I don't give a I, shit. I mean, I don't, I mean, we, we never complained about that there, but it did, it did feel a little long. It, it did feel like, holy shit. I mean, this took up a huge chunk of time on the show. Yeah, I can see that. I, I can see that. Um, I'm wondering if they are now going away from that though. I mean, um, you know, Jay White's dead now. So what's, what's going to happen? I, I mean, I, I'm assuming he can't make that match. So, I mean. We got to find out who's uh, behind the attack and see what's going on now. All right, listen, man. That's why uh, I'll be covering. I, I'll be. I'll be covering Collision on Saturday instead of the NXT show. So we may find out what happens there. So we'll see what happens uh, on Collision. But uh, again, you know, uh, it's a little bit more interesting now with Adam Cole out that they're pivoting to this, and you know, a lot of unpredictability came out of tonight's show, which is a good thing. It keeps us guessing. I'm assuming we're also gonna cover the Sunday show. I mean, if you want to do collision with me on Saturday, that's um, I'm always happy to have you. But I was going to cover it anyway. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to check and see. I don't know, especially if I'm going to do Sunday. I don't know if I'm going to be able to do Saturday. All right, well, we'll, uh, I'll, we'll, let, we'll I'll let you know. Though. Yeah, we'll talk about that uh, off air. Um, Jim Ross, he sat down with Christian Cage. Oh my goodness! And Darby yeah. Allen, he's right in the middle of these two guys. TNT Championship. On Sunday, Christian is now officially the TNT champion as he pinned Luchasaurus in a triple threat match with Luchasaurus and Darby Allen on Saturday night. Uh, he he said he proved on Saturday that he's better than Darby when I successfully retained the TNT title. So he's been calling himself the TNT champion all along, and he was the champion all along. He never uh, he never relinquished it. So Ross told Christian that Darby beat him twice. So what makes him think he can win on Sunday? Christian dismissed them as flukes and non-title situations. He said Darby isn't in his league. He said Darby will be exposed in his hometown in front of his friends and family. He asked if his uncles will be in attendance. 
and he brought up that his uncles are dead after taking his five-year-old nephew on a drunken car ride. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh what my the God. fuck is wrong with this <laughs> oh guy, my, man? Oh, my God, man. Jesus Christ. Will your uncle be in attendance? Oh, that's right. He can't. Your uncle is dead. My so not God. only, bro, not only is Christian targeting dead fathers, he's now targeting dead uncles. He really hates dead people, doesn't he? I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know. That's that's pretty fucking ballsy him to bring up fucking that drunken car ride, man. Oh my goodness. We all know that's Darby's story. But Darby says he's not afraid of dying and he can't beat him in Seattle. Christian told Darby to bring his mom, his brother, and Nick Wayne's mom. And then he said, you know what? Don't worry about it. I'll call Nick Wayne's mother. <sighs> Jesus Christ. He told him to bring Buddy Wayne before stopping and pretending that he oh, briefly forgot dead. Nick's dad, Buddy, was, was dead. <laughs> Christian told Darby that he's not the mentor Nick needs. He needs more of a father figure. He said he doesn't need to hide half his face behind his face paint. Darby then starts pouring a bottle of water on his face paint and wiping the face paint off. I don't need to hide behind this face paint. Christian said he's the face of TNT now and forever. Darby stood as they cut away from the segment. This was great. I thought this was awesome. It's two out of three falls on Sunday. Darby and Christian Cage for the TNT title. Now, we all know Tony Khan's about moments, and Darby's from Seattle. It's a huge possibility that Christian will lose that championship on Sunday night. I hope not. No. He I hope he, he, cannot, he cannot lose the championship. No. He cannot lose the championship. It's so good. This He's is one good. of the best things about oh. the television shows. Christian Cage is a TNT champion. Two out of three falls, you know, you know, Adam Copeland, you know, insinuated that his contract was up at the end of September. Wrestle Dream is October 1st. That would make him eligible to show up in Seattle. Maybe he shows up here to help his buddy out and we get an introduction to Adam Copeland at AEW. I don't know. I don't know. But Christian Cage cannot lose that title, Jesse. No, no, I, I agree. He's doing wonders with it, man. Uh, I don't understand why they took it off of Luchasaurus and gave it and put it on him. I like I like what they were doing right here. They could have kept this going on for the entire length of the time that Luchasaurus is with Christian Cage. For all I care, yep. They could have they could have kept it on until they were ready to turn and and take Luchasaurus away from him, and then have him turn and do a title feud that way. But nonetheless, man, don't care. Christian Cage is killing it with this title. Don't take it from him. It's it's important to him. It's he's making it important. I love it. Orange Cassidy, he's out there with Hook against Penta, Austin Gunn, and Matt Jackson. This was a fatal four-way, not for any particular reason, but for momentum going into the fatal four-way tag team title or tag team match uh, at Wrestle Dream. And the winner of that fatal four-way tag team match at Wrestle Dream will become the number one contenders for the AEW Tag Team Championships. Uh, Orange Cassidy wins here. He's got the momentum going into Wrestle Dream. This, was, again, was a fun match. Uh, a couple of takeaways here. Orange Cassidy gets his win back after losing the uh, international championship to John Moxley at All Out. So he, he's back on the win column. Um, Austin Gunn. You know, I'm loving the guns. I think the guns being in the Bullet Club has really helped them grow. Uh, yes. I think the guns are very underrated. I think a lot of people aren't really seeing what the guns and the work that the guns are doing uh, is uh, coming on up. And I think they need a little bit more notoriety. I'm loving what they're doing. So shout out to the Guns. Excellent shit. Uh, Austin Gunn and Colton are fucking great. Uh, Matt Jackson, you know, the Young Bucks are the Young Bucks. You know, you love them or hate them. They are very good at what they do. I, I love both guys and what they bring to the table. But 
Yeah, I can see why people don't like them and why people are upset at them. But Orange Cassidy, Jesse wins here. Momentum going into that uh, tag team match. And I don't know who walks out here. I mean, I, I, I don't mind FTR wrestling any of these teams, but if I had to choose one, I'm going with the guns, bro. I think the guns would benefit from the win. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm not a fan of the of the up and down booking. The, the guns had a run with the tag titles. They didn't do much with them. Yeah. So what are we going to do, round two here? I mean, uh, how long do we think FTR should hold those tag team titles? I mean, uh, we could realistically get them uh, dropping the titles on Sunday to Aussie Open. I mean, I would not be opposed to that. Aussie Open's fucking incredible. Uh, but they who, ever should have lost them, man. Yeah, it's, it's crazy, but, man. You know, we always go back to that. We always go back to that. I don't know if they put it like this. I don't know about I don't know about they never should have lost them. I just think it was a bad time to have them lose then to FTR. Yeah. Who, who, who? Let's be honest. Have done nothing but what open challenges with them in a few with the Bucks real quick. Yeah, I mean the the guns were flourishing with these titles. They they just you know got FTR back and everything else, and they're ready to push them. Great. What's the hurry? Yeah. What's the hurry, man? You guys are baby faces. We got these pricks as tag champs. You know we got you guys signed and sealed, delivered back. Great. Put you in a few with the Gun Club and give us a few weeks or a month or whatever. We'll get you the titles on you, but. It came back. Okay, give them the titles quick. Like, what is the fucking rush? Yeah. Slow down. We're trying to build the gun club up real quick here. Everybody. Listen, this is not anything negative towards FTR. You know, again. Oh my god. My, yeah. Oh my my, god. my favorite tag team in AEW, bar none. Uh in the world. Best tag team in the world, bar none, in my opinion. But the thing is, Jesse, if you look back at this title reign, yeah, there's been great matches. There has been great matches with FTR. But at the end of the day, what have they done for the tag team championships? They really haven't done much of anything. They haven't been in any meaningful stories. Great matches can only take you so far. I'm feeling like it's time for FTR to drop the championships because they aren't in really anything important right now. If there was a story, I'd say, sure, let's keep the titles on FTR. But they're not in a story and haven't been in a story for a while. If they're going to continue doing open challenges every fucking week, what good is that doing the tag team championships? What good is that doing anybody? It's not doing FTR any good. So let's drop the titles. If it if it needs to be for the gun club and they get their revenge, I'm all for that, bro. You know? Because yeah, it's gonna so. it's gonna enhance the bullet club at the end of the day, and that's what we're about. Yeah, this is true. I I, I would rather see that. And you know, but I'm gonna be honest, I will sit here and say, well, what was the fucking purpose of taking them off the gun the gun club to begin with? Uh, they should have to put them, them on the on. to put them on the acclaimed. To do what? Nothing. Nothing. Unbelievable! No, 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 no! They put them on FTR. I have to, yeah, I'm sorry. It should have been. Oh, yeah. It should. It should have been the acclaimed and fucking the Gun Club. Honestly. No, no, they, they they took them off the acclaim, gave them to the Gun Club, and then and FTR then, beat the Gun Club. Yeah, and then yeah, and then never revisited. I mean, at first we were like, okay, all right, they're gonna put them on the Gun Club, and maybe the acclaim's gonna get them back later. Nope, they just moved on. The acclaim went to obscurity for a little while, and then all of a sudden they just handed them over to FTR. Didn't quite understand why it needed to be that way. The gun club could have been champions for this entire time for all I care. And the build up to FTR finally getting those fucking titles off to these little pricks would have been a fantastic fucking story. You know? Julia Hart. She went one on one with Willow Nightingale, the uh, lone female match of the night. Uh, Julia Hart. We have uh, praised Julia Hart uh, for uh, a few weeks now with her. Uh, you know, character work and her uh, in-ring work getting better slowly but surely. She's making it come all together. I think Julia Hart's presentation is fucking great. 
Uh, I know Malachi recently came out and said that, you know, he's dealing with a minor injury and he'll be back on television. It just feels to me that Malachi does not want to be there. He hasn't wrestled in a singles match in I don't even know how long, which is fucking ridiculous. Really don't understand what the fuck they're doing with him. Uh, But Julia Harpro, uh, if there's one person that has benefited from the House of Black, it it is her. Uh, We're big fans of Julia. She's coming together nicely. Presentation's on point. And she did not look bad in this match against somebody that a lot of people are very high on, man, and Willow. Uh, and, and Willow, the one thing I will say about the one thing I will say about Willow, man, you know, when she's serious, she's she's very good in general. But when she's yes. serious, she's even better. And that's what she was in this match, man, wearing the eye bandage because of the mist from Julia Hart to the face. She looked very good out there as a serious, you know, I, I want to beat the shit out of this woman. Yes. Uh, and Willow looked very good tonight. Yes, Willow is. Not someone to fucking joke around with no. in that ring, dude. She will kick your fucking ass. She works a stiff style. Her and Athena, they work stiff styles. And they're going to make you earn that fucking win. And that's what Widow did for Julia. I've said this about Julia going back to her days at Dark. Uh, I felt like that she did a fantastic job at developing and working the gimmick that she's currently doing. But more importantly, I feel like that she's found a way to adjust her in-ring style to go hand-in-hand with the gimmick. What do I mean by that? She doesn't try to do too much, all right? It's not a... If you try to do too much, then your inexperience can easily show. She's slow and methodical about her moves. She's She she is focused on each and every last single move, it, it, it appears like. And when she does something, it, it comes off as something that her gimmick would do, like her, like her, um, like what she would do as this dark witch of hers that she's playing. And again, she doesn't try to do too much. And when she's out there with someone like a Willow Nightingale, who's much bigger than she is, um, she sells very well um, as being the smaller person in the ring. She's always going to be the smallest girl in the ring when she gets in the ring. But she has learned to do the moves that she has, you know, learned well, well. And they make sense with her gimmick. They're slow, they're methodical, they're cerebral. That's the word I was looking for earlier. I'm enjoying what they're doing with Julia Hart out there right now. Yeah, it's very good. I, I, I'm enjoying it very much. She's got a championship match on Sunday against Chris Statlander for the TBS championship. We'll get to that in a second. But she did she did get the uh, win here over, uh, over Willow. Uh, crowd was... Uh, very much into this in the second half. We, we'll pick it up after the picture picture. Hart had a sleeper on Willow Nightingale. This was after uh, she emerged from underneath the ring and shop-locked Willow down. Uh, she got a sleeper. Uh, Willow countered that into a Death Valley driver. Spine buster. Short arm lariat. Hart ducked another lariat into a back heel trip. And Nightingale was on the ropes. Uh, Hart tried for a handspring corner strike, but Nightingale popped her. Uh, with a devastating pounce in midair. Uh, Nightingale then was yelling at Brody King, who seemed to be back on AEW television after reporter breaking his hand on at All all In uh, because of the whole CM Punk incident. Um, So Nightingale was yelling at Brody King. Uh, That took too long. She missed the cannonball. Hart goes up top. Picture, perfect moonsault, which looked beautiful. Got the one, two, three on Willow, as it should, because Julia Hart's in a title match on Sunday. Crowd loved the ending. And Hart went for her heartless on Nightingale until Chris Statlander hit the ring. Hart bailed, hiding behind Brody. 
and Brody was basically dwarfing over Chris Statlander as they met face-to-face. I'm actually looking forward to that match on Sunday, Jesse. I know uh, what you said made a ton of sense about Chris Statlander, and Tony Khan should absolutely get behind Chris Statlander and make her into a star because she was the only one that beat Jade uh, in a legitimate straight-up one-on-one match. And... You know, it's it's tough for me to say that, man, because I have a feeling that they're going to give the title to Julia. I, I don't know why. I don't think it's right, but I have a feeling that Julia's going to win the title. I think that would be a very bad idea. Yeah. And I'm very high on Julia. Yeah. Um, I think she's fantastic. I think her progress is fantastic. I met her. She's a very nice fucking person. And I think she has, you know, the world in front of her in this business. She's only 21 fucking years old. Mm-hmm. Um, but the second that Chris Statlander loses that goddamn title, so goes all the momentum that Jade Cargill gave her by putting her over twice. Mm-hmm. They need to capitalize on Chris Statlander. She needs to be the absolute focus of the AEW's women's division um, for the near future right now, at least. I agree. We'll see what happens. It's going to be a very interesting booking decision there on Sunday night. And in the main event segment, Adam Page and Swerve Strickland with a contract signing for their one-on-one match at Wrestle Dream. Uh, oh, wait, take- no, I take that back. She's an asshole. She beat me up. That's right. So, sorry. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Um, Swerve out there with Prince Nana. He did not let Prince Nana dance, which everybody wanted to see. I wanted to see. Everybody wanted to see. Hey, Twitter got pissed. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, this is business tonight. No dancing. We'll, we'll see the dancing on Sunday. Swerve told Hangman he's been showing impressive fire lately, but it's too little too late. He said it's better to be prepared on the approach instead of the landing. He asked if he knows what he's walking into since he's from Seattle. He says this is different than anything he's experienced. Swerve says he's nothing like him. What's a former uh, or uh, to, what's a former to a mogul? What's a cowboy to a mogul? What's a buckshot to a kill shot? Ooh. I like that line a lot. Uh, like he, he slammed the mic down on the table. Hangman then says, Sounds those like who don't know, Kill Shot was his Lucha, Swerve's Under- Lucha Underground name. Yeah, Kill Shot. Him and AR Fox had some fucking battles over there, man. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Hangman says, It sounds like he's fired up for the match. He said a few weeks ago, he said a few things to him that stung a little bit, but now he's had time to think about it and wanted to thank him. Said he hadn't had new gear in over a year. He, had a, he hadn't had a new t shirt in a year. Hangman said, Deep down, he knew it all. He said for a year and a half, every day he came to work, he felt like there was a black cloud over his head that he couldn't get rid of. What is he talking about? He's talking about Pepsi Phil, man. A black cloud for a year and a half. Uh, I never thought that. Wow. Um, He said he beat Moxley in a Texas death match. He reunited with his friends in the elite. And it felt like he should have been the happiest man in the world. But every time he started to smile, that black cloud came back and it started to rain. He said at first it annoyed him and then pissed him off. He said he knew he couldn't say anything about it. He said as long as God let it rain on him, he didn't dare open the umbrella. He said that's over with now, and he weathered the storm. I'm still here. He said Swerve helped him realize that the downpour washed something out of him. He says he's come to realize these people deserve more from him and the best from him. He says he'll get the best of Hangman at WrestleDream. Swerve then started laughing, and fans chanted for cowboy shit. He says it was the most pathetic thing he's ever heard. Even worse than Russell Wilson and the Denver Broncos. He laughed oh about dumping God. Wilson from Seattle to Denver. That's so bad. You know, you know, you want to get people pissed off? Just mention their fucking uh, football teams and uh, their, their terrible decisions. Russell Wilson was a complete fucking failure, man. He said it's not personal between them. He said Hangman just happens to be his opponent. 
He said, truth be told, he might have mental issues because he makes an enemy out of somebody every day of his life. He says he's motivated to take his position from him. He says it rains an awful lot in Seattle. Hangman told Swerve that if he wants to be a main event guy, you know, or he wants to be a main event guy, he said Swerve claims if he's had the opportunities like he has, uh, like he's had, he'd be the first black AEW world champion. He said that might be true, but he knows that every opportunity he's been given, he's hit it out of the park. He stood and told Swerve that he doesn't have what it takes to fill his boots. Swerve then slapped Hangman. Hangman stabbed, Swer- stabbed Swerve's hand with the pen as Swerve was about to sign the contract. Security pulled him apart. And basically, uh, that's the way that segment ended. And then we go, you know, with the contract being signed in blood there, we go right to the back and a bunch of people in masks are beating up Jay White, someone wearing the MJF devil mask. And that's the way the show goes off the air with a vision of him or sighting of him. And that's, uh, that's it. And Dynamite comes to an end. So everybody has been tweeting at me during the stream about the original segment we got backstage with Cole and MJF and the mask hanging up in the locker room. It was hanging up on Adam Cole's side where Adam Cole's jacket was instead of instead of Max's. You go back and look at the clip um, and the guy that's wearing the mask, he doesn't really walk, man. He doesn't, you don't see him walk, so there's no limp. You know what I'm Interesting. saying? He's just standing in one place. Yeah, standing in one place the whole segment. He didn't beat up White. He stood there and let the let And the, I'll let tell you what, man, I watched it a couple of times back. You know, the, the body stature of, of the man wearing the mask, it was, it was not MJF under the mask. We know that for sure. Uh, it definitely looked like somebody that resembled Adam Cole because of the shoulders. He was just a smaller guy. MJF is fucking jacked. Adam Cole is not a jacked guy. So it looked like Adam Cole's shoulders underneath the mask. Now, I said in the beginning that whoever's under the mask tonight might not necessarily be the guy that they reveal. You know, it could be somebody else. It could be a plant or somebody just to play the role tonight. But it it looked like somebody, the stature of Adam Cole. It really did. And and especially since, I don't think it's it's physically Cole under the mask, especially since he's actually dealing with a broken foot. Yeah. Having to stand there with no crutches, nothing like that. You have someone else fucking do it. Yeah, you know, and he and so long as he's, long as he's in the same general area as you know Adam Cole, when he comes back, he was the guy behind the mask. He never walked; he always stood. So he can come back and say the whole thing was a ruse. He was never injured. You know, yeah. of course he was injured, but he was never injured. So. You know, I see a lot of people de- mentioning David Finley. You know, you know, and, and then there's the rumor that uh, Tony Khan's set to buy New Japan Pro Wrestling. I mean, you, you guys are making speculation. Run wild, man. You you guys have fucking just uh, a really crazy imagination. We don't know I, anything I like about New Japan. I like this though. Yeah. This is this this is this is the part that makes this show what we do here on this podcast fun. Fun. Yeah. It's it's great. He he bought New Japan. It could be the Bullet Club in New Japan. Yeah. Could be. It could be Edge. Well, I don't know. Could, could be. be. Could, be, could, be w- could, could, could be could be WW Rebels. You know. Could be. Could be. You know. It it could be, you know, it it could be so many different fucking things. The cool part is you can do, if I'm a promoter and I have a a, a, a base of an idea and not sure what I want to do with it, I'll do a skit like this. Put four or five guys in a fucking mask, let them attack a big star, put it out there on the internet, and let the internet guide me to what they would want to see. Yeah. Take all of the fucking suggestions of who they think it is, take the ones out that are within your realm of possibility, and give the fans what they want out of it. Or they just might have a fucking plan. Either way, I love shit like this. This is great stuff, man. Yeah. Uh, This was not a bad show tonight. A lot happened tonight, you know, and uh, I'm glad that you guys joined us on your Wednesday night to be uh, entertained and get filled on in. 
with uh, all the happenings in AEW, man. Thank you guys very much. Thank you for uh, listening to us rant earlier about some of the things that have been bothering us over the last seven days or so. We really appreciate you. Hit that thumbs up, man. We got uh, 738 likes. Let's try for 1,000. We'd love it if we get to 1,000. Super chats are open. Memberships are open. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications and go check out all the content on the channel. Plenty of it. And follow us on social media. JD from NY206. And then Jesse's at Smart on Twitter. Guys, let's get into the Super Chats. We don't got a lot, so hopefully we can breeze through this because uh, I want to get to bed, man. I got a busy day tomorrow. Michelle Moran with a $2 Super Chat. Are they setting Darby up to win on Sunday? I hope to God not. Christian cannot lose that title. No, sir. Oh, no, ma'am. Uh, D Best Arta with a $10 Super Chat. Flip pile drivers, Spanish flies, curb stomps, false finishing moves for years. And the guy loses from the most devastating finisher in wrestling today, the roll-up. So boring. Many matches, same formula. Uh, listen, Bestardo, uh, you don't know about psychology, bro. You cannot talk about how the matches are laid out, brother. I'll, I'll, I'll capitalize on that tweet. Um, the roll-up victories are getting lame, but at the same time, the same victories by the same finishers are getting lame. Yeah. Um, it shouldn't be that the only way you can win your match is by your known finisher or roll-up, though. I'll, 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 I'll say that. You know, it's a. I've known some guys. Um, some it forgets me right now, but um, but sometimes they'll have a move that they'll finish a match with that's just not the finisher. You know, just it was a high impact move, and they decided to do it at this given time. You know, it, it's okay to do that from time to time. We won't forget what their finishers are. That's okay. Yeah, but that starts the psychology of a good high impact move could end the match because otherwise, I'm just sitting here waiting for. All right, you know. Where where is the diamond cutter? You know what? Yeah. Where, where where's the stunner? I mean, it has to come. Like oh shit, that that random power driver did it. Okay, and that and that's a good place to to randomly use moves like the dangerous power driver. Stop doing it as a setup move throughout matches here and there. And the times you do it are by the trusted people in the rare situations that they want to do something outside of the normal finishing. That'd be a great spot to use. Uh, I see someone in the chat. Who is this? Hasin, Hasin Terrell. I can't wait for NXT Takeover. No mercy on Peacock Saturday night, uh, brother. I, I, I'm sorry to be the bearer of bad news, but it's not NXT Takeover. Takeover is dead. Takeover is dead. Please don't uh, discriminate against Takeover with this fucking bullshit on Saturday night. Uh, Sinister Classic with a five dollar super chat. Even though the TV glitches kept pissing me off, yes, yes, the TV glitches were annoying. I thought Charlotte Flair was having a fucking meltdown on my uh, on my TV. Uh, I knew it was leading to something. I don't think that was MJ for the match, though. Maybe Adam Cole. Maybe. Uh, we, we brought up a whole bunch of possibilities. Maybe. We'll see, man. Uh, I'm enjoying what they did tonight. Sways with a New Zealand $5 super chat. The devil was Adam Cole, and the four others are the Kingdom, Roddy, and Kyle O'Reilly. That's my prediction. Swerve, Hangman, great contract signing. Eddie Hazard with a $9.99 and a 25-month membership. Thank you, brother. Matrix, audio glitches, a side dynamite felt like was firing on all cylinders tonight. Inject MJF versus Jay White into my veins. That was definitely not MJF in the devil mask at the end. Also, 25 months in VIP just feels right. Drinking pomegranate bubbly tonight. OTS for life. Brother, I am not a fan of the bubbly brand, the seltzer. It's liquid death for me. Uh, it's spin drift. I think I'm drinking this spin drift iced tea. 
this uh, sparkling water, man. It's half and half ice, iced tea and lemonade. This is fucking delicious shit, man. Uh, and I like uh, either polar seltzer. I like uh, what else? Uh, LaCroix. LaCroix seltzer is good, too. But uh, bubbly, I, I don't like bubbly seltzer, man. It tastes like a Band-Aid to me. I don't know why. It's just weird, weird tasting. You don't know what I drink? What? Water. Bro, water. I need a little carbonation, man. I don't drink water. soda. I don't drink soda. Water, I drink water, too. I don't drink pop. It's called pop here in Chicago. But I don't drink pop at all. I don't soda. drink pop, period. I have not drank pop in years. Soda. Water. It's <laughs> fucking water. You know, you know what I like? Pure Life. Nestle Pure Life is my favorite water. That's fine. Water, bro. That's all you need. Uh, Eddie, thank you so much, brother. Uh, Beyond the script of the 499. Great AEW episode tonight. LJD and Jesse. Jesse is spelt with a E. Beyond the script, not an I. I is a female name. Thank you. Uh, that looked like uh, Aces and Eights angle at the, at the end there. Or is it just me? Love y'all and OTS for life. Thank you, brother. No, no Aces and Eights, please. No Aces and Eights. Uh, Chris with the 499. What's up, JD and Jesse? Ronald Acuna, Ronald Acuna Jr. is my NL MVP. Of course he is. First MLB 4070 season and an incredible season. Braves, Orioles in my World Series. What is your World Series? I'm not saying a goddamn fucking word because as soon as I open my mouth, the Braves will get eliminated in the NLDS. Give me a break. The whole new season in October, man. MGM Bowling with a 499. Uh, I've noticed it seems like the only wrestler who publicly thanks you for your praise is Nikita Lyons. Honestly, that showcases her character and your Riz. LOL. Uh, I love. Let me it. tell you. Something. I love Nikita Lyons, bro. I will get on Twitter right now and tweet the hell out of her if I can get her to reply to me. Nikita Lyons is great. I can't wait. For, I can't wait for her to come back. Oh, honestly, man. you know. And she's injured too, and she's keeping herself busy. She's got a great look. That's some yeah, of that WWE is going to have. Uh, you know, uh, a really big future for I, I would assume. You know, she got a huge social media presence, so good on her, man. I'm glad. I, listen, man, those are the types of people that in the industry I, I want on my side. And she's tweeted me when she doesn't have to. She, you know, she uh, when my grandmother went into the nursing home for the first time, and I was fucking just completely just distraught because I was worried about my grandma. She actually tweeted me. She's like, you know, JD thoughts and prayers. I mean, that's 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 great. I I, I love that, man. I appreciate that so much. Honestly. You mean to tell me a pro wrestler who you've covered and sang the praises for when she deserved it mm -hmm. treated you like a human being on social media? Yeah. I don't get it. I don't know, man. I don't maybe, she, maybe she's in the wrong profession. I don't get it. Yeah. I don't get it. You know? I don't know. And the women's division, too. That's amazing. I know. Well, JD's a sexist. He hates women. She should be more like Soraya. Soraya treats her Twitter fans fantastically. Yeah. Does she? No. Love it. <laughs> I'm joking. I know. I know how she I know she how she talks on social media. I see it, even though I'm blocked. Uh Yuri Lover with a five. JD, have you ever played a Devil May Cry game not named two? Yes. I played them all. Uh Richard Williams Jr. with a 199. MJF J. White, book it. Sure. AEW is working towards that. Hunter's Hybrid Media with a five. All the punk oh, no, drama. No, we did. All the punk drama was a work. The Masked Devil is CM Punk. Love the show. No. Oh. Bro, if that guy was CM Punk, then CM Punk lost a hell of a lot of muscle in uh, three weeks. 
GVO Light with a five. So I just watched the backstage attack again, and you can see the texture of the person in the devil mask, and it seems like they have long hair. Thank you, GVO. Apparently, you have turned into uh, Columbo all of a sudden. Like the sleuth. Yeah. Another IWC sleuth, man. Beyond the script with 199. I remember when Nash dropped Big Show in WCW. Almost killed him. Yeah. King James with a new membership. Thank you, King James. Daniel Rodriguez with a 499. Jesse, a two-part question for you. I'm curious, since you are from Chicago, and if you have tried them, which is good? Harold's, Uncle Remus, or Sharks? Harold's, number one. Remus, two. Sharks, third. There you go. There you go. Tone C, seven months. Had a good harvest this year. Got 30-plus pumpkins and squashes, including acorn, butternut, and winter. I'll have seven and seven on the rocks. No tacos. Tone C, I love butternut squash, bro. Love it. It's awesome. Yeah. Uh, BC Driver with 17 months. Last month, I will be able to support for a while. I'll also add that I don't always agree with your takes. Keep on keeping on. BC, whenever you are going to join us again, brother, we will be here waiting for you with a fucking cold beverage, man. I appreciate the 17 months. Hopefully everything's all right on your end. Tribal Chief with a 279. Gunther is an example of using different finishers. Yeah, well, Gunther is just fucking... Does he use different finishers? That's awesome. Yeah, he uses a power bomb. He uses a, uh, a sleeper. He uses the big splash off the top. Multiple finishers. Good. Yeah. That's a, that's that's that is that's wrestling psychology. I just learned it. Well, I mean, Gunther's in a fucking class of his own. I mean, I'm not surprised by that. Right. Uh, Joey Clemenza with 21 months. If you were a betting man, who would you put your money down on the Wrestle Dream debut? Mercedes, Adam Copeland, Jack Perry, someone else, nobody at all. I think we get Adam Copeland and Mercedes uh, on Sunday. I'm making a prediction. And if not Adam Copeland, we're definitely getting Mercedes. I, I think Mercedes is a lock, but only it, it, for me, it's all about her her injury, man. Yeah. No, no one knows the status of her injury. If it's really bad, or if it's she'll be back soon. If she'll be back somewhat soon, then yeah, Wrestle Dream will be the spot. But then so was, so was the New York show, and yeah. so was the Boston show. Yeah. I mean, we don't you don't know her the status of her injury. Uh, we got uh, Joey Clemenza with 21 months. Joey, I appreciate you very much, brother. Thank you for the 21 months in the venue. You are three months away from the golden microphone, brother. Uh, Nate, the Spider Hunter TV with a five. David Finley as the mess man. I like it. Finley hates Jay making Bullet Club in AEW. The only thing is Bullet Club isn't the same for those who watch New Japan, you know. It could be. We don't know. Well, so I don't know. I don't know why. I don't know why David is David Finley a free agent. Why would he just leave New Japan? Isn't he contracted to New Japan? Why would he, Why would he be signing exclusively with AW? Will Chisholm with a five. I'm half joking, but I blame John Cena for all the open challenges. People keep trying to redo that magic. I don't blame John Cena for that. Come on. You know, I was I was, was going to tweet the other day. I was like, name me one person that has gotten over from an open challenge. John Cena. Not named John Cena. Nobody. 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 No. That was that was that was special because it was John Cena, and he put a lot like of fucking talent over, man. I feel like whatever he did would have been special because it's fucking John Cena. Yeah. But no one has ever made a career out of a open challenge. No. 
except John fucking Cena. And you know what? That's like saying it's a good idea to go from high school straight to the NBA. Why? Because it worked for LeBron James and Kobe. Yeah. Guess what, motherfucker? <laughs> you are not LeBron James and Kobe. So go to college. Orange Cassidy didn't have an open challenge every week, man. It was just random opponents that Tony Khan threw at him. It, was no, it wasn't an open challenge every week. That's the problem, you know? It's the same but shit every fucking so, week. Sometimes people set up those open challenges like the week before. Yeah. And I don't know how open challenge on, you know, on Wednesday. And then they'll announce it like before the show starts. And then when people are like, oh, it's not an open challenge. He rarely comes out and says open challenge, whoever wants to come out. But he'll announce an open challenge the week before. Joseph Taylor with a $2 CBJ. JD Jesse, I was a fan of Aces and Eights. You may have been the only one, Joseph. And Will Chisholm with a five. I love y'all. Real takes on wrestling. JD, do you believe that we will get a triple threat match between EO, Asuka, and Kyrie uh, if Triple H has his way? Kyrie's not even there, bro. I don't know what you're talking about. She's not there yet? Kyrie, no. I thought they signed her. Uh, nothing official yet. Well, she was already signed, but brought her back. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, anyway, guys, we've expen- expended all of our resources here, man. Two and a half hours. Hopefully you enjoyed it. I appreciate you. Jesse, appreciate you. Make sure you guys hit that thumbs up. Make sure you guys hit that subscribe button as well. Turn on the bell for notifications and go check out all the other content. Social media, at ShytownSmark, at JDFMMI206. You may see me tomorrow, you may not. Next time you see me live, Friday night for SmackDown. Until then, guys, have a good night. And thank you so much for watching right here on OTS. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park.